Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Let's roll. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio. I have Gabriel Bretzky sitting alongside the raging redhead. Cam Stewart. TGIF. At least uh, that's what the kids say, That's what they say, Gabe. That's what they used to say. That's what they used to say. Bring back uh, TGIF uh, Fridays. Fridays. Um, But uh, you know what? Uh, We've said it before. We'll say it again. Every day is exactly uh, the same. They play the national anthem uh, every night. All we can do is uh, try to uh, beat the book uh, every night. We did a hell of a good job of uh, doing that uh, last night. It didn't look... Didn't look uh, very oh. good for the most part last Ugly night. Ugly starts, but hey, it's how you finish, buddy. When it was all said and done, though, we gave you seven picks last night. We ended up winning six uh, of them. Um, we did get one push uh, with the Saskatchewan uh, Rough Riders. We lost uh, the Saskatchewan-Edmonton game over the number. But if you recall yesterday, guys, and I know some of you did because I was talking to you last night about this, and you guys were like, man, that was pretty crazy, Moretzi. Uh, you said that every damn Hall of Fame game ends up 17-16. 17-16. It ended up 17-16. <laughs> exactly. I told people, I said, yeah, the key number is usually around like 32 and a half, 33. <laughs> Dude, there was a reason why they opened it up at 33 and a half. And it went to third. They didn't open it up at 35. No. That was the public. Now, it could have went over. It nearly went yep. over. It's, you know, it's the, a lot of these preseason games are sort of crapshoots and, Last night was kind of a little bit of a sweatshop, but we had the Baltimore Ravens on the money, money line. line. That's the key of the we money stressed. line. We told people, yeah. like, no, no, don't lay the two and a half. Just don't lay the two. You got to lay the minus one. We came all the way down to minus 125. Amazing. Yeah, there's no point. When the money line is 125, not like a buck 40, it would be, but that's the prudent move. Might as well just take it on the money line. Don't dick around. So uh, the Baltimore Ravens uh, get it done uh, last night. NFL football is back. And one thing that we noticed about uh, NFL football last night, and Another thing that I've been telling you guys about for the past uh, month or so, but it wasn't really a, it's not a flashy story, but I talked about the um, the new rules, the tackling rules in the National Football League. And, we, you know, we saw last night. Now, listen, the Chicago Bears seemingly got it easier than the Baltimore Ravens did, but I believe the Ravens were called four times. So that's, that was four 15-yard penalties. Yeah. Like, that they they just kept every damn Bears drive. The Bears yeah. didn't do anything, but Baltimore would lower their helmet, and then, boom, they'd get called for a penalty for it, and they would look all confused after the fact. I, You know, it's a good thing. I think they'll get this out of the way in the preseason. I don't think by, by the time week one comes, I think players will start to understand that, you know what, you're going to get a penalty. And if you're tuning in right now and you're unaware – Basically, they're and, and this is one thing too, and it's funny because the players pitch right now, like Richard Sherman's pitching yeah. about the new rule, and all these the Eagle players are crying about it. 
And, well, you guys are going to be suing the league in 10 yeah. years when you have concussions. So now the league actually tries to make you safe, and now you're crying about it. Oh, it was stupid. No, you can't tackle anybody anymore. It's dangerous. The way that you are tackling is dangerous. Nobody, Dick Buckus didn't tackle with his head cam. No. Like, you know, like Vince Lombardi didn't teach people to lower your head. head. And today, that's dangerous. That's how you break your neck. That's how you get spinal injuries. Your head is not a weapon. Weapon. Exactly. Your head is not a tackling tool. Look at the way the helmets are. Now, it became a tackling tool, but your head is not a tackling tool. Now, Mike Ditka told me once, you know, you want to save all these headshots? Take away the face uh, masks. He said, trust me, people won't be leaning with their head <laughs> No, they won't. They don't want to get it smashed. Right? It's like you said, it's the helmets. They're like motorcycle helmets. They're so he- players feel invincible, heavy. right? Yeah. You're like, whatever, man. I'll just launch my head at them and like sort of that, you know, you notice all DBs, everybody. But even like when you're running into a quarterback and it almost looks textbook. Like, you know, in the past couple of years, if your uh, quarterback's back to pass, linebacker comes in, sort of, you know, goes down, yeah. boom, puts the helmet right in the chest. People are like, what a clean hit. What a great hit. Right? Now that's illegal. Now, it used to yeah. just be, now, if the helmet hit the quarterback's helmet, it would be a penalty. You cannot lower your head, your head exactly. in any circumstance. It's like spearing. You can't yes. do it. Yes. It's very similar to spearing. Yeah, so even though I know that's the way everybody's yeah. been tackling for the last 15 well, got to wrap guys up yeah. and bring them down. Yeah. That's what you got to do. you got to be stronger well, you know, and they, use your shoulders. They used to teach you. Yeah. You come in, wrap up, up, and boom, with the shoulders. Yes. And the impact... Right, but yep. the head provided more of a pop, a pop yeah. with that helmet, and basically they would just sort of launch themselves out of a cannon. Yes, right. So basically, you got it's two hundred and forty pounds, yes. just sort of missiles. Yeah, it's they're heat knock, seeking. Yeah. They're heat seeking missiles. It's gonna knock you over. Oh, damn yeah, right it is. So damn right it is. That's their thing, but they don't want to tackle. So that's what they don't like this now. So the Baltimore Ravens got called about four times uh, for it, and they weren't really dirty tackles what they did, but it was just sort of standard stuff. Now, the Chicago Bears weren't getting called for it. So, you know, they must have understood a little bit more. It's like anything, man. We hear this all the time. They always tweak the rules in college basketball. And um, they always adjust, dude. Yep. It takes it takes like a month. They're pros. Don't weeks. worry. By the time week one comes around, they'll get it. They're just bitching and complaining right now. I do you said miss it. it. I do miss, yeah. though. When, I, like, I like big hits. When college basketball changed uh, the rule a couple of years ago, there was too much clutching and grabbing in college basketball. It really was like street ball. Like, compared to the NBA, you could mug ball, somebody ball in college yeah. and get away with it. You could grab their jersey. <laughs> like, you could do a lot of stuff, like Michigan State style. Yeah. Like, they're just so, like, it's like, that's a foul. They want to turn it into a fight. Yeah, like, if that's in the NBA, dude, that's yeah. a foul. Like, you can't do that. Uh, so, college, long story short, Cam, college, it was getting boring. They don't, you know, national championship games, 50 to 48, yeah. UConn, Butler, yeah. ratings. Wee, sinking. People want to see 80, 78. Of course they do. You know what I mean? They people, like the long ball. They like points. People don't want to see the old school. Man, you guys would have hated college basketball in the old days. You know, North Carolina State and Georgia, 46, 42. Yeah. Remember Princeton, 41 points. Yeah, yeah. They used to just like, there's no shot clock. They just stand there. <laughs> Dribble. <laughs> it's so true. So, Lots of unders. Yeah, so when they went to college basketball, though, it was great because we killed it because there were a million fouls. The refs were adamant about it. Every time somebody just touched somebody with one hand on the back, they called a foul. And for about two, three weeks, Cam, every game went over. Every game because there was a million free throws. Now, finally, like, the books adjusted, yeah. and they made oh, the yeah. totals. They're not giving away high. money forever. And Yeah, so they, exactly. It took the books about 10 days only. Yeah. They caught on real fast. 
you know, there's a lot of games. Took them about a week or so. And they used to, they, all the totals, they jump like five, six points. But after about a month or so of college basketball, it stopped. It stopped. Like, guys were just sort of, they weren't fouling in the same way anymore because they learned their lesson. They yes, got exactly. fouled out of a couple of games early, and they realized, if I touch the dude. So, repetition sort of. You know, repetition, it'll breed uh, them exactly. understanding and then they'll get it. They'll get it under control. By, I'm, I'm glad. You know what, and high school coaches and college coaches are now teaching this, too. It's smart. Well, I kind of like it's going to be good. But you, you brought up a great point, though. Players don't like to wrap up and use their arms. They like to make things very, very easy. So, you know what I mean? There's well, going to be a like lot. It? There's going to be a lot of guys that's, breaking tackles. That's when you're getting your hands in there. dirty. That's right. Dude, that's right. Watch, I, dude, I was watching football last night I was, you know, during the CFL game. I swear to God, there was a guy in Argonauts. He actually, like, dodged someone coming at him. Yep. I'm dead serious. Like, uh, the running back was coming at him, and he got out of the way. Wait, yeah, he, he didn't <laughs> no, want to no. get hit. No, exactly. Like, he yeah. sort of did a half-ass, tried to push him. But in the old days, he would have been like, well, I'm going to get run over here. But, by God, I'm stopping this guy. Exactly. You know what I mean? Wrap like, him and boom. Yeah. He might fall backwards, exactly. but that guy's coming down. Exactly. I'm going to go for his legs, wrap yeah. him up. That game was sloppy last night. And, there were some sloppy plays. And it was the same thing. You'll see it in, in the NFL all the time. Like, defensive backs are the worst at this now. DBs in the NFL, they don't tackle, Ken. Like, I swear to God, none of them. Watch film. They don't tackle. They either do the launch, where they'll, yeah. they'll just sort of throw themselves head first at somebody. They'll do the half-ass, like, street basketball defense that people do. They'll sort of put their arm out. Yeah. You'll know, and you'll notice, it's like, <laughs> dude, if Leonard Fournette is running at you full speed, do you, like, how do you think by you sticking your arm out, like, is going to stop him? Like, you know, if, and, and another Because another it's going yeah. fast. People, right. if you actually watch in slow motion on tape what the players do, like I said, last night a guy in the Argos, like, there was, like, two of them. They actually, like, avoided touching the guy. I see it all the time, man. The Buffalo Bill DBs, man, their big move is launch head first, or you'll notice all DBs now, it's just the push. That's the thing. That's what I was going to say. The guy will catch, and then they'll do like their badasses. Yeah. They'll push the guy yeah. in the back and off. And know what the problem yeah, yeah. is? The guy will stay in bounds and take it up the sideline for more points. That's the thing about the push. Like, the push. It doesn't work. The push is a bad, bad move. You think you're going to push the guy out of bounds? Nope. He just sits there, pew, takes it up. All right. We've got uh, we've got Mick Gossie uh, ready to go here. That's my bad, yeah. actually. I didn't realize that. Oh, uh, he's ready to rock? Yeah, I didn't realize uh, that uh, Mick was ready to go. My apologies. Let's bring Mick Gossie in. What's going on, Mick? Hey, guys. Yeah, doing good. And a great conversation about the concussions as we lead into the AFL because, yeah, NFL is a violent game. No doubt yeah, about but that. good point. Good point. So Mick yeah. Aussie's going to give us some AFL picks, Australian uh, football rule, uh, Aussie rule football. And it's a great point you raise, Mick. You look, you crazy bastards. You don't play with helmets. You're not wearing helmets. <laughs> and you don't have the same issues nope. as the NFL does. Now, people are getting hurt sometimes yeah. in, in yeah, NFL. But, it's it, you know, like, Mick, it, you got to be – it's. You can be a coward and be in body armor and be a big man and try to hurt somebody, right? But it takes a man, like we said, to wrap someone up and stand in front of them and actually tackle them for real. And that's what you see in the AFL. No pads. You want to take someone down? you got to take them down for real. You can't just launch like a motorcycle helmet at them. And there's not as many concussions, Mick. And look, it's a crazy tackling sport that you guys play. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And we have. We've protected the head for years. But... There's that, still that possibility of the very high-speed collision in Aussie rules football. And then when you take a big mark and you hit, 
your head on the ground, and especially in the country when you're playing up in the desert, like, damn, that can really hurt. But, yeah, we don't wear helmets. We protect the head. And the rules, it's always been that way. And Aussies seem, seem to think, oh, these guys wearing helmets and pads at sportsies in the NFL. I say, no way. It's a very violent game. So, yeah, they use their helmets as weapons without doubt. And also the, the, the AFL is a little different because – the players are running. It's it's not as compact. Yeah. So it's just it's a different type of uh, different type of tackling. But let's jump uh, right in here because we got a break at uh, four twenty. Um, so let let's jump in here, Mick. Uh, first game up on the board is the Hawks uh, here tonight. Uh, we got the Hawks and the Bombers. Bombers are minus three and a half. So we'll get down to business. What are your best bets this week? What sticks out the most to you here? Oh, mate, you want to talk this game or you want to talk best bets first? What do, you, what, what do you got for this game? <laughs> <laughs> mate, I would, I'd keep away from this one. This is one of the games of the week, mate. Both teams are, uh, both teams are vying for a spot in the finals. The Hawks are currently sitting in seventh. The Bombers are tenth, but only one game out. And it's a great rivalry. I'd take the Hawks to win and cover, but uh, whoa, tough game. Don't put too much on it because it really is two informed teams. And the Canadian kid, McGrath, he grew up in Australia, but he's from Canada. He's playing for the Bombers and playing really well. I'm kind of leaning with the Hawthorne Hawks plus the three and a half just because they're at home and they're getting points, right? This next game's kind of a crappier one uh, here with Brisbane and uh, and North uh, Melbourne, the Kangaroos. Um, actually, Brisbane are four and a half point favorites in this game, Mick. Any thoughts on this one? Ah, oh, no one really cares, although the Roos should win because the Roos are still a chance to make the, the playoffs. Like, they're doing really well. They're just out. Another team that's out by one game. Take the Roos. It's up in Gabba, which is in Queensland, which is the home of the Lions. Lions have been pretty good, even though their record doesn't say it. Take the Roos to win because there is still a chance to make the finals and the Lions have got no chance. Adelaide Crows are fading, oh. Mick. You're down to 12th place right now. Uh, you're you're in a lot of trouble, man. Um, I guess is it done yet, or have you given up hope on them making the final eight right now? Oh, mate, we had a bad loss last week to the Demons there in Adelaide. We can theoretically make it if we win every game and get a bit of luck from the other teams, but pretty much we're done. The power of the Pap Smears—they're cruising along nicely. They're sitting in fourth spot. It's the Adelaide rivalry, my hometown, showdown 45. Yeah, I hate to say it, mate. I'd take the Pat Spears to win, but I really hope I'm wrong on that one. Who was your team game? My team, the yes. West, West Coast Eagles. Oh, West Coast Eagles. That's yeah. right. That was G-Long Cats or something. No, no, no. West Coast Eagles. That's West, right. West Coast. <laughs> yeah, we're in second place. Hey, moving on All up. All right, so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a rough year for the Crows uh, this year, Mick. I got to lean with the power as well. There's a reason why the power, it's only minus 130 on the money line, too. I think Adelaide, they kind of know they're not going to make it right now. All right, we got Western and St. Kilda. Any thoughts on this one? Oh, who cares? <laughs> Both All right. two, of the, two of the very bottom teams. Take All the right, so Saints only because Bulldogs have been, Bulldogs have got so many injuries. They've been terrible since they won the flag two years ago. Take the Saints if you want to. What's all right? So, what's the best bets? What do you what's, what do you like the best here? Make you and the tipster. Well, I like to uh, to play it safe. I'd put four teams together in a uh, four way bet to win. Would be the Greater Western Sydney Giants, the uh, Saints, 
the Demons and the Eagles, that would be, because you kind of like to do that, put three or four teams together. Even though it doesn't pay out as much, it's probably the safest way to go. All right, so you said Great Western Sydney, West Coast. Who else are you putting in the parlay? Uh, the Melbourne Demons, they play the Suns. They should smash them. And yeah. probably the Saints as well, but the Saints would be the riskiest of those four. Your Eagles play the Dockers over there in Perth, which is the, uh, the rivalry in Perth. I think the Eagles should win that, but the Dockers might cover. So there's my best three. The Giants, the Demons, and the Eagles to win. Follow Mick, uh, Mick Aussie on Twitter. Mick Aussie, M-Y-K Aussie on Twitter. Game Time Decisions, Red Eaton Rage Radio continues. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. I've been bad. I've been good. Dallas, Texas. Hollywood. I ain't asking for much. We're just asking for wins. <laughs> and tush. And little tush. And a little tush. You know what great ZZ Top, but it's a good gaming song, too, is uh, Gots to Get Paid. Oh, Gots to Get Paid. Uh, gots, gots to, to Get, get Paid. paid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get, uh, if we can, uh, yeah, Jay, get, uh, get uh, Gots to Get Paid in the rotation a little bit uh, later good on. Call. Good call. Thanks to uh, to Mick Aussie uh, for joining us. A quick hit off the top of the program. That first segment of the show just uh, flew by. Uh, we had a couple of announcements earlier in the day uh, on uh, Twitter uh, that we'll get to uh, here on the program. Um but uh, first things first. So, I, you know, basically we've got a lot of loyal listeners. So you guys follow uh, follow our stories very, very closely. Uh, you know with every football season there's always uh, a change in the in the air. And uh, there's always new projects uh, developing. And uh, this year is uh, no different. Um, so starting in uh, September, I think uh, Monday, uh, September the 3rd, I believe it is. I think Saturday's uh, the 1st. So I think uh, Monday's uh, September the 3rd. Uh, we will uh, be doing the show out of New York City. We'll be doing the show out of New York uh, City. Uh, we'll be joining uh, Carton uh, and friends uh, in the morning. Uh, me and Cam, Red Eaton Rage Radio, will continue. Uh, we'll continue, so uh, no disruption uh, there. We'll be adding uh, some uh, weekend uh, programming yep. uh, to our schedule uh, right here on the network. College football on Saturdays, NFL football, football on Sundays. Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I hope you, you know, I hope you don't hate my voice because you're probably going to hear it. <laughs> I hope I don't lose it. You're going to hear it in your nightmares, Bradsey. Yeah. So I never, you know, I got to tell you, when I was, uh, when I was, um, when I was pouring my heart out courtside during the Toronto Raptor playoffs, 
Little did uh, I ever imagine that uh, both me and DeMar DeRozan wouldn't be here for the uh, the next uh, basketball wow. season. Next time I see DeMar DeRozan play, it'll be in Madison Square Garden. Exactly. As a member of the San Antonio Spurs, Steve Merrill steps up in it and uh, joins us. And uh, Steve's uh, been uh, joining us for a long time. So uh, there's been a lot of cities that uh, we've called Steve from uh, over the years. Steve Merrill joins us. What's up, Steve? You're moving south. I like it. Yep, yep. Uh, the, uh, you know, I figured that um, I figured that a personality like me needs a nice, calm, and uh, <laughs> relaxing city <laughs> like New York. New York. Nothing calms you more than New York. Uh, and Manhattan. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'll fit right in. I'm Is New York City ready for him? Is New York yeah. City ready for him? That's the question. <laughs> I'm an angry man, Steve. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> You can celebrate. Uh, you can celebrate Festivus correctly now. No, no, exactly. Yeah. You know what? I'm actually going to go to the Seinfeld Diner. Well, why, yeah, why not? Yeah, it's yeah, there. You know, I heard. I think it's called Tom's Diner. Yeah, you know, supposedly. Know that. I've never been to that. I like to have to check that out. I'll meet you up there at some point. I occasionally get up to New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go. We'll go out to the Seinfeld Diner. There's actually the uh, one thing, Gabe. There's so many good breakfast, like good, good, good breakfast sandwich joints in New York. Like the one in one food, you're gonna be in heaven, man. Beautiful spots. I guess the Seinfeld Diner. It doesn't look the same inside, but it's actually like the outside exterior yeah. shots. Actually, a real place. You know. It's kind of like Cheers in Boston. Yeah. Like yeah. you go to Cheers in Boston, it's like, yeah, it's there, but it's not really. It's kind of, okay. Man, they, they opened up a Cheers in Montreal. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> it looked the same. Oh, exactly. Too. Yeah, yeah, it looked the same. I no, used, no trademark. I used to go there. Oh, that's amazing. I used to go. Cheers, Montreal. Oh, it was such a loser spot. <laughs> it was sort of like uh, it was sort of like a pickup spot yeah. of, what's that place in? Uh, oh, oh, like the Chicken Deli? The Dundee's place. Oh, that place. Oh, yeah. That's that's shady. Yeah, it's sort of like a happy hour, yeah. middle <laughs> age sort bar of. Barfly joint. Yeah, yeah. Lots like, of barflies, lots of problems. It's not a hip place. Then <laughs> no, you got, no. Then you got, like, the tourists rolling in because it's cheers, yeah, right? it's like, hey, everybody. Yeah, yeah. They expected more. <laughs> Instead of you norm, you get. Suits hunched over tables with the little red lights and the crock of a cheese spread in the middle of it. <laughs> Instead of norm, you get Jacques. Instead of norm, you get Cab at the end of the bar. <laughs> you <laughs> you get norm, eh? <laughs> you know what? Uh, those like Cheers knockoff places to really make it authentic, they should have like a norm lookalike and a cliff. Like they should have some jerk in like a in a postal. Uh, did you I know? did I tell they you? They should have a postman. They should have like a sort of a fat guy at the end of the bar cracking jokes with everyone. I like, didn't tell you. I, I met Cliff Clavin up in the northernmost Boston you Boston met, pizza. Met Cliff yeah, yeah, John. John, John That's Rat- cool. Remember it? John Ratzenberger, PI. Yeah. He opened up a Boston pizza in Yellowknife, and I interviewed him. We hung out all night. Cliff, <laughs> great guy. I've always liked him. He does a lot of uh, like automotive shows and like random he's TV cool. shows still. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty versatile guy. And if you went to one of those cheers at the right time, you actually would get the real Ted Danson as your bartender. <laughs> I, I i interviewed george went once uh yeah we, uh, yes at uh yes at our old place he was yeah. kind of surly that yeah day. yeah it's hey, very surly yeah like uh you figured like norm like you know he's supposed to be cheery and stuff no. but he's really not in real life no Steve. cliff is the cliff's cheery though. <laughs> like, norm norm was funny too because yeah george went like off the air he's like yeah we're like yeah yeah pleasure to be on we'll be on in like 30 seconds uh george He's like, yeah, yeah. Just to let you know, I Whatever. got six. I got six minutes for this. <laughs> like, like in real friendly, he's like, just to let you know, I got six minutes. 
And then when we come on, and he sort of he sort of fakes it in bed. He, yeah. he was all right. Yeah. He wasn't into it. <laughs> I did get him to admit that they did drink real beer. That, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we should have said to George, what, what else are you going to do? You don't have any other shows you've ever been on. Well, uh, <laughs> Where else you got to be? That's a good point. <laughs> Pretty cold, Steve. Yeah. Uh, Steve's right, though. He should have been happy to be on no, the show. No, but, like, he's the last guy. Yeah, exactly. He's the last guy that should be a jerk, though. No, I mean, here's a good point. On? Yeah, at least, like, Ted Danson's Rockets. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. Ted Danson's CSI. Like, he's got roles in movies. It's, I don't I haven't seen George, uh, do you, George went anywhere. Do you remember the movie, uh, Steve, uh, with... Uh, with uh, was Michael Keaton, and uh, was called a night shift. Yes, vaguely. And uh, yeah, uh, the, the girl from Cheers. She was like a hooker. Who Shelley else was Long in or the second? Shelley Long the was a hooker. Girl. Yeah, yeah Shelley Long, not Shelley Christy Long was the original. Yeah, yeah Christy Alley was the other one. Yeah. Yeah, Shelly Long on Modern Family. I was watching that the other month. She's the mother on Modern Family. Still makes cameos. The big uh, ABC hit. Really? So she's still kicking. Yeah, she's, yeah. Like, she's still on that show. Al Bundy's yeah, doing fine, too. Exactly. Yeah, he's on that show as well. That's yeah. a great show, actually. Um, but, yeah, she's uh, she's like a psych- – his, his, she is his ex-wife from, like, years ago, and she's totally psychotic and crazy. And, like, you know, she makes cameos once or twice every season and disrupts everything. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I don't want to uh, be too crass here, but yeah. uh, she has a great ass. <laughs> Who, Shelley Long? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. In the movie Night Shift, it's 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 over the top. Night Shift. Yeah, it's Henry Henry uh, Henry Winkler, the Fods. Henry Michael Winkler, Keaton. yeah, that's right. Yeah, Henry Winkler's given up on life as a stockbroker because it was too stressful. Now he works as an easy uh, gig as a night shift attendant at the New York City morgue. His co-worker, Michael Keaton, on the other hand, is always looking to make a quick buck. When Bill finds out that uh, Chuck's prostitute neighbor, Shelley Long, needs a place to do her work. He convinces Chuck to turn the morgue into a brothel where they work as pips. I like that. No, what? Great script. Yeah, you would like, if you walked <laughs> into a Hollywood sense. studio and said, listen. That's such an 80s two, movie. Yeah, I got yeah. two dudes. They work in a morgue, and we're going to turn it into a whorehouse. You know, guys, Johns will come over, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have jokes about the yeah. bodies in the morgue. and uh, Sold. They'll be like, get off our studio lot and never come back ever again with another one of your stupid not, ideas. Not in the 80s with Henry Winkler involved. <laughs> no, I like Henry Winkler. He, yeah, he, thoughts, he seems like right. a good guy. Everything I've seen on him, he seems like a real good guy. Um, he, he's the, the one guy, in. too. He, he, he gets he, a lot of other roles, too, like Law the, and Order uh, and stuff. Like He does a lot of fun about him. He pimps the reverse mortgage stuff, which is like the biggest yeah. scam ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, when, like Magnum does it, so right? Tom Selleck. So yeah, Magnum. Selleck. yeah, but he's so greasy when he does it, Steve. Like, it's so untrustworthy. It's yeah. like, first off, Magnum, we know you don't have to do this, so it's easy for you to say. In Canada, we get gay figure skaters to do yeah, that, so, to do the reverse mortgage yeah, ads. Tom Selleck's like, yeah, yeah, I know you heard these people were bad, but no, no, no. trust me, I met them. They're good people. <laughs> right? Like, I looked into it. Yeah, I looked into it. <laughs> the guy's yeah. taking cash in his pocket. I yeah. looked into it. No, the other I pocket. looked into it. He should have just said, I looked into it as they gave me a check for a million dollars to do this promotional campaign. That's it. They're good people. The check cleared. But I swear to God, when Henry Winkler does the same company, you believe him. You know what I mean? Like, he's like trustworthy. Yeah, I like yeah, yeah. He's like, hi, I'm Henry Winkler. I know yeah. some of you have problems. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a better sell with him, with the font. I got to tell you, when Alex Trebek does Colonial Pen, I don't believe him. No. No, he can't sell, he can't sell me. I don't even believe you have <laughs> Colonial Pen, Alex Trebek. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm thinking, too. Exactly. It's like Bad when, choice. It's like when, like, Shaq and Blake Griffin pip Kia cars. 
It's like you can't even fit in a damn Kia. I told you Shaq would open up to the opening of an envelope. He's, a, yeah. he's hanging out with cartoon characters, the general. The guy does he, the athlete footage. Yeah, yeah. Like, the general. The general. A huge commercial for him, though. He's going to settle down, G. He's whole demographic with the general. I like Shaq. Shaq's another guy. Henry Winkler and Shaq are probably both on my top ten list of guys I haven't met, but I really like. So I like I Shaq, Shaq, too, because I, I do any commercial, yeah. let, let, me, let me ask you, Steve. <laughs> me and Cam talked about this. So, would you do you trust buying insurance from uh, from a cartoon character named the General? <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like, like I, I was think thinking about that. Like it's a serious over? insurance thing, and it's like you're you're you guy's a cartoon. He's like a little like jed like general guy here. Like he's got a rolly fingers mustache. It's got, a, it's got, got a catchy. It's got a catchy song though. That's all you I need. Can just see like and when you know, the policy over thirties ever called him. Yeah, I just I just see when like the policy doesn't go through. You're like I can't believe the general screwed me, man. That, that little cartoon. Need, yeah, because when you when you when you need a great lane online, call the general. Save some time. I have a buddy that was in a it car runs. accident. He told me f Geico and that stupid little lizard. He's like those guys screwed me hard. <laughs> Geico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the lizard. Yeah, he's like that lizard. And it's funny because he, he goes, I signed up because of that lizard, too. Um. <laughs> the uh, highways here in Virginia, Interstate 95, if you're going south, there's several Geico signs every 10, 20 miles, like sponsored by Geico, restored by it's the Gecko. Right on oh, the really? oh, the gecko. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Geico does well, even in Buffalo with low yeah, unemployment. Seriously. Like Geico's their biggest company there. Like they're doing really well. Geico's Geico's making big money. Gabe. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> Isn't it true though, Life Guys? The companies that advertise the most are always the ones you got to be a little careful with, though, because there is something to that. That's a, that's a yeah, very good, good point. Points. If your product's so good, why you got to tell us yeah, about it? Yeah, we should already know. <laughs> That's why nobody knows about any of us, right? Because our product is great. <laughs> yeah, I know. We don't advertise enough. That's the problem. It is true, yeah. though. No, I read something about that, actually, like Coca-Cola. And they asked, like, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola's, like, the most famous brand in the world, essentially. You know right. I mean? Like, you, like, everywhere people, in the world, people, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, like a can of Coke in Russia, a can of Coke in Kenya, Zimbabwe. Uh, yep. in Utah, in Canada, you know what I mean? Yep. People, like, it's Coke. They know it. They know the brand. So they asked the head of Coke, basically, why do you advertise? But, you know, people already know, like, about your product. It's the biggest brand in the world. And he said to remind people. To remind, to remind them. them. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, yeah to it's remind true. Them. I mean, think about the, yeah. Super Bowl, the, the Super Bowl, Budweiser, Coca-Cola, year after year. It's, you know, one of those two. And yeah, it's, it's the Super Bowl. Yeah. Good point. Like, they have the biggest viewing thing of the year. They still run ads for too much. The Super Bowl. Watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> if they, yeah. They, right. you, you, Hell, yeah. they had bottles of beers playing against each other. Those were good days. Yeah, they were good days. Right. Super Bowl, yeah. They're speaking they of lines on that. They'd have lines on that nowadays. Back in the day, the bookmakers weren't bold like they are now. They got puppy bowl odds. No, no, you know, yeah, I know. We could have bet on beer bottles. We could have bet on beer I bottles. I did. I did. Yeah, we bet on the Bud Bowl before. <laughs> I did. You know, Steve, they had. Oh, really? uh, I don't yeah, remember they lines had, on that. They had the Bud Bowl on parlay cards. And, uh, you know, it was crazy. I actually had an insight. Yeah, the old illegal parlay cards from the bars. And it's crazy. I actually had insight um, from a dude who actually was like a computer programmer and stuff. And no no kidding. He actually knew. He told me. Bud Light wins. (laughs) Somebody knew. Yeah, I mean, it was known ahead of time. Yeah. Well, basically, I already thought Bud Light because I said they really advertised it, too. It's like the bottles on the – yeah, exactly. And they were hitting each other. It was great stuff. And – Bud Light was new, basically. So That's I right. and he basically the guy told me he worked for like an advertising agency. It was like he wasn't he didn't work for Bud, but he just knew. And he basically said, "No, Bud Light wins." And he said, "Their their whole campaign is Bud Light. Like Bud Light's gonna beat Bud." And 
they're going to push Bud Light. That's the whole point of <laughs> That's this. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I did the parlay card. I had to do like the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And Bud Light. Yeah, I think it was the San Francisco-San Diego Super Bowl when San Francisco was like 22-point oh, favorites. Yeah. So I had them, yeah. and I, I had to. You had to do three things, Steve. So I did like two Super Bowl props, and I put the Bud Light on like twenty <laughs> cards. All right, and right, even yeah, the yeah, guy Robin did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like even the guy when I handed it in, he's like, "Oh man, what you're betting on the Bud Bowl? You're a real degenerate, Marenzi." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah degenerate <laughs> like a fox, you idiot." <laughs> yeah, you would think when it's the same on all twenty parlay cards, maybe you know something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm coming in swinging on Bud Light. <laughs> So uh, speaking of a uh, three-team parlay into a two-team parlay is basically what you did. Exactly. exactly. So like um, tonight, uh, Steve, uh, there's going to be a lot of interest. Uh, ESPN, Johnny Manziel finally wow. ma- makes his debut. Now, listen, you know, there's always been expectations. Every game's on ESPN or ESPN Plus in the CFL. And everyone always, like, tunes in. Is, is Johnny going to play? Is Johnny going to play? They had their highest uh, ratings ever for a preseason yep. game when he played earlier this year. Uh, ESPN has been doing hits about it all week. And, in fact, this is the first time. <laughs> this is insane. ESPN 2 is picking up the TSN pregame show. Oh, yeah. At <laughs> 630. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're into it. They're in. Like, they're <laughs> all in. Yeah, they're in. So, Johnny Manziel gets seven points tonight, uh, Steve. As in his first start, he's now on the Montreal. What, taking on the team that brought him into the league, the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah, you know, I, the reason I knew he was playing tonight is because I always follow that little ESPN street contest. I like to look at the percentages. I use it as kind of a consensus oh, yeah, yeah. poll. And they've got the prop on there tonight, um, how many touchdown passes in the first half uh, Johnny Mizell will throw. And it was, I think it's he his two first choices. game! <laughs> but it was zero to one. I think the other choice was two or more. And, um, in fact, I'll pull it up right now. We'll see what the uh, percentages are as we speak. Yeah, what do people say? Yeah, so, two or more. So zero to, one's z- zero to one, 85%. Two or more, 15%. That's just ah, for the first half. They're haters. So one or less, 85%. So the public's heavy on the under. <laughs> they're haters. I hate to say it. I like the public there. He, he, he's probably, he, he might run one in. That's the thing. Like, yeah, you only lose if he throws two more. Yeah, he has to throw yeah. two or more for you to lose in the first half. So that's not the game. So they the actually only. add that. They actually added that to their contest, really. Yeah, it's on there right now. They've got ESPN two as the network. Oh, they hit the heck out of this. They've got some stuff like they'll have the hot dog stuff on here, you know, because it's on ESPN dot com or ESPN three or whatever yeah. it's on now. And then um, yeah, they put some random stuff on here. They had some um basketball contest on here the other night it wasn't even the big three it was something else it was uh like all retired guys or i don't even know what it oh, was oh yeah yeah it those was guys are, the networks those guys are playing for like two million bucks is that what it was i didn't even know yeah. what it was it's like a pickup it's actually pretty cool yeah. like jimmer for that oh yeah from byu he, he went, went off. off yeah he scored 41 so basically yeah. what it is it's um it's alum of schools so it's like former byu guys Former Michigan guys. UNLV. Uh, now you don't yeah, have to be a school like right you, now. I think. Yeah, you can. You yes, can tonight. like just. You can just get a couple of buddies together, but you're playing against other like real guys. It's tough, and it's a two million prize. It's like five k to enter. I like that. All right, hang in here, Steve. We'll do a real quick break. We'll hit NASCAR sounds on the good. other side. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And we'll talk more about this tournament here. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. 
Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Decisions. Red Heat Rage Radio. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Johnny Manziel makes his debut this evening. So is this the is this is this the one the basketball tournament? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's yeah, we got lines here. Elite. Yeah, minus yeah, five the, and the, a half. The, the, that must be why, because right now in that contest, 99% is on overseas elite. The number one really? seed, it says, versus the number seven, Eberlein Drive, has 1% of the public. All we got to do and is lay the... five and a half. Yeah, so that must be why. Uh, I mean, Who's I was on like, the I, team? I didn't realize they had the seedings here. I don't have any clue. It's in Baltimore, Maryland. So you could go to that and they get stabbed afterwards. That's a good night. <laughs> Whoever wins is still not going to win because they're going to get mugged on the way to their car. Yeah, I, I just can't. I went to Baltimore a while ago. It was pretty wild. Steve, he caught me off guard. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> he get stabbed after the game. The Orioles game in the 1990s. You haven't heard this story. I went to a Sunday afternoon game. We, my buddy used to have Sunday afternoon tickets in the 90s, and um, I had an IROC Z Camaro. And we couldn't find parking like at noon on a bright, sunny day. And we're like a block, you know, near Camden Yards, especially back then. It was a pretty bad area. They built that in the middle of the warehouse district, you know, the outfield. You can see those old abandoned warehouses. And we couldn't find any parking. And there, there was like a 15-year-old, like, high school girl with a sign, $5 parking, very nice looking. And we all parked in there, and everybody else was parking. We walked to the game. We come back like at 4 in the afternoon on a Sunday and I can't find my car, and I'm pretty sure I'm in the right lot. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, a couple minutes later, the guy next to me is like, are you looking for your car, too? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, my car is missing also. And as we're all starting to freak out a little bit, a to- uh, somebody's like, yeah, you couldn't have parked here. It was like an old surly security guard, like a 70-year-old guy. And we're thinking, we got freaking scammed. Like, this 15-year-old high school girl, like, scammed us. And right as we're, like, freaking out, I look at a tow truck is bringing my car back. Now, when in the world does a tow truck ever bring your car back? And so, obviously, there was some confusion with the property owner or whatever. I didn't care. We got in the car and we got the heck out of there. <laughs> I still never that, like, my you car was turned on a tow truck. Yes, yeah, so that's Baltimore for you. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm really glad you brought up. the moral of the story is. I'm glad you brought up. I'm glad you brought up the, the basketball tournament because I've just stumbled upon something here. So, the overseas elite. And I was talking about Jimmer Fredette. That Jimmer Fredette's in the title game here tonight. The overseas elite take on Team Fredette uh, tonight in the title game with two million dollars at stake. See, this is cool. Unlike the um, unlike that yeah, Tiger go. Phil stuff. Yeah, this guy, these guys need the butt. Get this, guys. All right, listen to this. When it comes to the basketball tournament, Kyle Fogg and the overseas elite are basically the Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. Fogg and the overseas elite are the three-time defending champion. Um, uh, of this this tournament, they've won five million dollars in prize money in the tournament in the last three years. Fogg has been the MVP of the tournament for two straight years. Finished with 38 points on 12 of 15 shooting in the semifinal game. They now take on Team for Debt tonight. Overseas Elite has won five million dollars in prize money in the last three year, years, which is divided evenly among the players. This year, each championship player will take home 147 thousand dollars each. 
In 2015, Fogg used his earnings to help buy his mother a house. In 2016, he used his earnings to help furnish that house. And in 2017, he donated some of the winnings to support ALS uh, research. Fogg uh, played uh, for the Chinese Basketball Association's Guanglong Lions. Uh, signed a two-year, $2 million uh, deal. The former Arizona Wildcat is averaging a ridiculous 35.8 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 5.4 assists in this uh, tournament. Pretty cool, like, open tournament these guys are playing for some real money for, too. I'm so, laying the five and a half. What's overseas? You. Yeah, what, suck, yeah. suck on it, Jimmer. Yeah. I'm, I'm laying the five and a half. <laughs> Why are they called what? Uh, Eberline drives? Yeah, because you say Jimmer for who's on his team? All right, let, yeah, all right. Let's. I'll look up his team here. Yeah. So what's uh, this format here? Is this three on three, or you take a half court, or what's going on here? No, it says a, four nine minute quarters. It's a real. It's a real. You got five guys. It's so real basketball. And they got some. They got some subs, I guess. So there's seven exactly. or eight. I mean, it's a real yeah. team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Totals one fifty four and a half. Wow! Don't know. Yeah. Some... Overseas elite minus no five clue. and a half. <laughs> uh, overseas elite routed the Golden Eagles. Marquette alumni eighty five sixty. So only got to one forty five under. Yeah, uh, to advance to the finals for the fourth straight year. Fogs the MVP of the tournament. I'm glad you brought it up, Steve, because you said so. Ninety nine percent of the people in the ESPN yeah. contest are taking overseas elite. They know what time it is. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I, I guess everyone's just looking at the point spread. Up. Well, here's the other thing. On this contest, it says number one overseas, number seven, Eberlein Drive. So they're basically oh, – yeah. and, and they show how many people are picking it, like cold or warm or hot, and it's cold, so it's probably not a heavily picked contest because it's this is the, 9 o'clock you like to fade. You like to fade the consensus. This is yeah. the ultimate consensus. Too Eberlein no Drive plus five and a half. <laughs> Yeah, but but they're what probably two or three to one on the money line, so they should be like eighty or ninety percent. You know the favorite. Yeah, so, uh, what it's like minus two fifty on, this, on the money line. Yeah, you do find times on this guys though when you feel like a uh, like a point spread underdog, like in the NFL, which is a huge you know bet sport. Um, I do like to look on stuff like this when the underdog is getting more than fifty percent on these straight up picks because there's no spread involved. I, I always think that's a good sign of a real square play, you know, especially if it's a public underdog. NFL is usually kind of what I use it for. Yeah, I'm going to talk a lot this year about how point spreads are overrated yeah. in the NFL. More money lines? Yeah. Yeah, money, money lines are good. Money lines, money, money lines, lines, pooches. Money lines. So let's jump in here, Steve. We, we've got a road course uh, race uh, this week in NASCAR. Um, and, you know, it's funny, too, because, look, there's been 21 races this year, guys, and we, we repeat ourselves every week, but here we are. It's been 21 races, and 16 of them now have been won by the same three guys. And, you know, you take out the plate races, which anyone can win. And you would sort of expect, well, the road course, it won't just be the big three, but the big three are right there again, Steve. I mean, Martin Truex has won the last two road course races. Kevin Harvick is always right there. And uh, you've got Kyle Busch, who's a good road course uh, driver as well. And then, you know, then we don't even get into the Hamlins and the Boyers, et cetera. So it's funny, Steve, you know, you and I have been talking NASCAR for a long time. I remember years ago, you know, we actually used to talk about Ron Fellows. You know, Ron, oh, Ron Fellows, Fellows would be a ringer coming in here. And Legend. Or my boy Boris Sed. And then the Sedheads. Yeah, the Sedheads. Sed that's right. Red Bull was his sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Sell more cases, get more races. <laughs> that was his slogan. Amazing. Yeah, you come on. You need to sell, sell more good. cases and run I mean, more races, races. Race more races. I like it. Um, but, you know, so it used to sort of be road course ringers and stuff, Steve. But the top elite drivers have really become good at the road courses now, haven't they? And, it's evident by the, the track record with these guys. 
Yeah, the uh, Sonoma race earlier, the other road course, Martin Truex Jr. wins, Kevin Harvick second, Kyle, Bur- Kyle Busch fifth. So, you know, normally I would exclude that one from our cookie cutter list. But, you know, last week as we were heading out, I said that, you know, the three restrictor play tracks were won by other drivers. So they had won, uh, what was it, I guess 15 of the other 19 races. But I realized this after we spoke. The other two races were won by Clint Boyer, and both were rain and snow shortened or delayed. So if you throw those two out in the three plate races, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, and Kevin Harvick have won all 16 of the other 16 races this year. It's, that's insane. They've won 16 of the 21. The five they haven't won have been the three plate races, which are complete coin flips, and two snow rain races that Boyer won. So they're 16 for 16, basically, in every other race. So Crazy. this would be the one track other than you know, the, the remaining uh, Talladega race where you could kind of say it's random. But as I just said, they finished first, second, and fifth at Sonoma. So, yeah, uh, these guys are at another level. And, and the thing about the futures, guys, if you look at the futures for the Cup Championship, they're all like at two and a half to one. And then you've got Kyle Larson like at eight to one. He's the only other one in contention. These three guys with those bonus points are basically assured of being in the Miami final, which means there's really one spot open for the other 13 drivers to make homestead. That's what it's coming down to. I was going to ask you about uh... – Kozlowski, Steve, one of the guys that back-to-back finishes outside the top 30, but he has a great track record here, and now you're getting a little bit more because he's been uh, not in good recent form. What do you think? He's been fifth or better in uh, the last seven. This guy's uh, money at Watkins Glen. What do you think? Yeah, he's been great at Watkins Glen, and we touched on this last month at Sonoma. Even though they're road courses, drivers are very different in these two tracks, and Kozlowski is probably the most extreme example. He's only finished better than 12th once his last seven starts at Sonoma. Um, but he has been seventh or better in five of his last seven starts. Or I'm sorry, that's Logano has been seventh or better. His teammate, he has been third or better in four of his last seven and seventh or better in five of the last seven as well. Uh, so both him and Logano run very well at Watkins Glen and their teammates. Steve, we've got to talk about our boy, and he's going to be in my DraftKings uh, lineup. And he's always got a puncher's chance, although let's be real. It's going to be one of the big dogs, I think. And I don't mean underdogs, but one of the big boys uh, that gets it done. But uh, A.J. Allmendinger. And I wanted to bring up A.J. Allmendinger, Steve, because as you stated, so, you know, normally he's known, okay, you know, we're talking about a guy that's uh, raced in oval racing in his career uh, and road courses, et cetera. So he sort of has an advantage. This is his chance. And he got into the playoffs by winning before at, uh, at the Glen. But I, I just thought it was interesting, as you stated, Sonoma and Watkins Glen both might be technically road courses, but they couldn't be more different. And it's funny because you look at a guy like Allmendinger, he hasn't had a ton of success at Sonoma, but he, but he has here at Watkins Glen. Exactly. And, you know, the uh, two smallest tracks on the circuit are Bristol and Martinsville. They're the half miles, and they're completely different as well. Bristol is a huge bank, like Daytona almost. Martinsville is extremely flat. And a road course is more like Martinsville, and he finished eighth there this year. He was only 17th at Bristol. Um, he did win back in 14, as you mentioned. He was ninth last year, fourth the year before. Meanwhile, he's been 35th or worse in four of his last five Sonoma starts. So night and day yep. for Keselowski, and probably more so for Almendinger than any other racer on the circuit. You know, I wanted to bring up, too, Martin, um, as, as far as uh, Martin Truex uh, Jr. is concerned. So he's had some great success, and... I saw something um, that I thought was very, very interesting, and they were talking about Truex and how good he is, how good he is um, on these road courses, Steve, and his pit crew chief and, and his team, they're Canadian. And um, hmm. the, Canadian, yeah. the Canadian NASCAR circuit, it's all road courses, Steve. So basically, like yep. Truex was wow. saying, 
he was saying, like, yeah, no, really, it's just a little sort of added thing yeah. here. Truk's basically saying that, yeah, man, Cole, Cole Hearn, this guy grew up on, you know what I mean, from as far as the data and how to attract road courses, because he grew up on, because there's a Canadian NASCAR circuit. NASCAR? Yeah, it's NASCAR, but it's they have the NASCAR brand, Steve. Yeah. It's like, you know, right. NASCAR minor league, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, right. But it's mostly it's mostly like oval or road course racing, you know. Like there's a lot of road course races road. in uh, yeah. the tracks in, in Montreal, including in Canada, including the best one of the best ones in the world, at uh, Circuit de Villeneuve in Montreal. So basically, Truex was talking about how you know his guys really really know road courses because they grew up with it, and we often see like the Mexican guys are like that too, Steve. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Truex is a great driver. So is like Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, and that translates. They do well in all the different types of tracks. And Truex Jr. has now won the last two road course races, Sonoma this year and Watkins Glen last year. And he could have won Sonoma a couple of years ago, too. Didn't he run out of gas or he got screwed in the last lap? I forget. Well, he also finished fifth in 16, and he won back in 13. So this guy's had numerous – even for years before he was like a championship driver like he is now, he was good on these tracks, and he's got the team now to help him. Uh, I want to quickly mention the Bush brothers. Uh, Kurt has been consistent on both tracks, top 10 almost consistently, Sonoma and Watkins Glen. Doesn't get a lot of wins there. In fact, I don't think he's ever won on either, but he's always top five, top 10. And Kyle Bush, same thing. I mean, you look at his numbers, he's been basically seventh or better like in eight of his last nine road course races on both tracks. Um, so those guys are going to be tough. Denny Hamlin, worth a look. Kyle Busch's teammate. He should have beaten Tony Stewart back on, you know, 2016, finished second at Sonoma. He finished yeah. first and fourth the last two years at Watkins Glen. And I'll give you a sleeper here. This is kind of an interesting one. Chris Boucher, um, you know, a rain-shortened win last year or two years ago got him in the playoffs. Usually doesn't even run top 20. He finished 12th at Sonoma. He finished 11th last year at Watkins Glen. He had been 30th or worse, basically, in all other road starts before that. You know, we talk about guys sometimes start to get it. Keep an eye on him. Maybe that's just a fluke, or maybe he's starting to get better on these courses. It's interesting yeah. you bring up uh, Buescher, because I was sort of debating, uh, Steve, from a DraftKings perspective, whether to use him or McDowell as one of my cheap uh, yeah, like plays Michael down McDowell. there. Yeah. yeah, It's a I real like debate, Michael isn't it, between the two often. of them? Yeah. yeah and I've you know a guy with a lot of tracks... Yeah, no, oh, I, I was going to say, sorry. whoever starts farther back in the field probably is a better pick by default. Exactly. You know, to get more um, yeah. advances or whatever, yeah. Another guy that's relatively a little bit cheap, I'm taking a look at this more from a DraftKings perspective, Alex Bowman. And uh, a driver we didn't talk about that really, really has run well here, Steve, is uh, Daniel Suarez, a teammate of Denny yeah. Hamlin, too. So he's got a nice data Mexi- in Mexican. there, too. Exactly. Like said, Mexican. Exactly. Yeah. Grew up on the road course. He was third. Man third in his only start last year and he was 15th and 16th at Sonoma um here's another interesting one real quick you know Kev, you mentioned Matt Kenseth a few weeks ago and I said how you know he wasn't running well in that Trevor Bain car he's still like barely top 20 but if you look at his numbers Watkins going to Sonoma historically he's outside the top 20 at Sonoma for the last four years he didn't run this year but the last same four years going back the last four he was top 10 every race at Watkins Glen. So outside the 20s and then top 10 every Watkins Glen. So obviously he's better on this track. And this could be one where the horsepower doesn't matter as much and the experience is more important. So maybe this is the week that Kansas could surprise you, especially from a fantasy perspective. All right, uh, Steve, uh, before we get you out of here, we're in a couple of minutes. Um, Major League Baseball, we keep waiting for the um, keep waiting for the Washington Nationals to turn a corner. I talked about it earlier in which, uh, remember when they came back, they were losing 10 nothing to the Marlins last month. They came back, they won. It was like, oh, maybe they turned a corner. Then they didn't. Now, though, post-All-Star Now, now break, they're pissed. They're raking. Yeah, and, you know, there was a the talk, oh, they're going to trade Harper, and the GM basically kind of ripped the team and Harper and everyone. 
on the radio and said, I'm getting tired of this. It's frustrating. I don't know. The, the Nationals have seemed to respond. they got a little chip on their shoulder right now. Bryce Harper's on fire. Turner's on fire right now. What do you make of the Nationals here? You know, I don't know if you put them in parlays here tonight, how you approach this, but the Nationals are a hot team, and I think they are going to go on a run right now. Yeah, I'll take more of a macro approach, you know, not just tonight's games, but just in the next month or so. I totally agree. The Nationals, I think, still win this division despite being five games back. And there's a few reasons. First of all, I think Philly and Atlanta might not get it done. I mean, they're young teams. I see them faltering. But look at the one-run games. The Nationals are 10-18 and 18 in one-run games. The Braves and Phillies combined are 33-18. and 18. So that's a huge difference, and they're only five games back. Expected one loss record, which is runs for and runs against. Very simple. The Nationals have a better record than both Atlanta and Phillies, what their true record should be. Uh, so I think they're an underrated team right now. So I, would, I, I have a buy sign on Washington in the next couple months for that reason. And can you imagine they make the postseason and Strasburg is healthy? They're going to have Scherzer and Strasburg you know, going four games in every seven-game series. Uh, they're going to be a legitimate team. And how funny it would be that you're the Capitals sneak in as a four-seed and win the whole thing after underachieving that the Nationals do the same thing. I know. Well, it's kind awesome. of a good angle, Steve. On the verge of that being like broken that. up. And, and Bryce Harper was really getting, you know, really, really ripped. You know, oh, he's yeah. a jerk. Look at his hair. Like, even <laughs> at the Derby, people don't like him. People just yeah. don't like him. And everyone, we've been talking about him. He's yeah. never going to get $500 million. Yeah. This guy's crazy. And he's a free agent. And what has he ever won before? How come he's not a leader and he can't carry the team? Well, right now, guys, uh, he's 11 for 27 in his last uh, 27 at-bats with, like, four home runs. And he's carrying the team. Like you said, Steve, if Bryce Harper plays like a superstar, the Nationals are a dangerous team, man. And you got to believe the Braves and the Phillies yeah. stumble a bit in some sure. point. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you got two things working for you there. You, the Nationals should play better, and the Braves and Phillies probably stumble. Plus, they've had a ton of injuries. They've had Strasburg and some other guys. Harper couldn't have been any worse. There's a lot of upside with the Nationals. Steve Merrill, ProSportsInfo.com. One of the covers experts, covers.com. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. Level two. Game time decisions. Red Heat Rage Radio. I am Gabriel Morenci alongside of Ridge Redhead Cam Stewart. Thanks to Steve Merrill for joining us. Steve bringing it. Sean Engel will join us uh, at about 6.20. We'll talk some more NASCAR from the Prince from a, a DFS uh, perspective. Broken down from a betting uh, perspective uh, with Steve Merrill. We've got a ton of picks for you. Both me and Cam crushed it uh, last night. Yep, great night. Uh, six uh, Mariners cost me an $800 parlay. Yeah, I lost the Mariner game, actually. So I was 6-0-1 when it yeah. was all said. 6-1-1. Yeah, I, I, I had no idea that... Uh, that kid, the Jay, the Jays signed this pitcher 30 minutes before the game, and then the guy, what, Mike Horschild, the guy throws six shutout innings. It was unbelievable. And we fell ass backwards into that Argo uh, cover. I got to tell yeah, you, that though, was great. for the game, I wanted to take the money line. I remember you yeah, said, I, I was like, man, I want the money line, but, man, I could see them losing sweating. a close one. <laughs> and then, they won a close one. I got to be honest. I didn't see it. 
I saw, oh, really? I saw the beautiful touchdown and catch at the end. Yep. But Armani Edwards. I gave up on it. I was watching the NFL game. No, that's the thing. And I, I was sweating it out. And even though the NFL game was boring as hell and it was terrible football, I had money on Baltimore and I knew it was going to come down to the wire. So I'm sort of sweating out the NFL game. I got Baltimore on a money line. And, dude, every time I check back with the Argos, they're down by 24. I know. I was like, man, these guys, this is like, this is a low point. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was at a sports bar. The Nationals And I was like, up. man, I'm glad I'm not there. Oh, no, you know? no, no, no. That's what you're doing. And then when they scored, I was like, man, I wish I was there. <laughs> exactly. Like, man. I was going to tell you, I go, like, look at all the games we go to. That was the best game. Like, the, like, the one game we don't go to, I'm like, come on, Rusty, we go to the game, we don't go. And then the Argos have the honest, biggest though, comeback. I probably would have left. I don't think we would have. They, you know what, they, the thing was, they were down, but when they came back, when they got it within like the last. I, I know, I know, but I'm just telling you. I know. I was at the sports bar. They had the Bears game, the Nationals game, so they had the four TVs and the horse book. I'm watching those games. So we go back. I go back to my girlfriend's house. She doesn't have the other channel, so I'm watching the Argos game the whole time. And I tell her, I go, listen, I actually believe, like, these guys are going to show us how many points. I go, don't worry. They're not going to lose by uh, more than six. They're going to be okay. And then the game, they just kept on clawing. Bethel Thompson's a grinder. That's what he is. Those guys are real grinders. I didn't notice. They were down. They were down 24. They were down 24, and I was pretty pissed about it. And I could actually hear. I could people leaving. I saw people come home. You heard the foot traffic. You know, I saw people coming into my condo in Argo gear pissed off, like, like an hour before the game ended. Right? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I looked. And then, boom, I saw online on my sports book, 4136. Yeah, I was like, Scott, here we go. Mistake. And I was like, what the hell? I tuned in. And I saw, like, the last five minutes. I was like, oh, great right, game. Let's, <laughs> let's bring in Ian Cameron right now. Uh, so CFL takes center stage. We, we were just talking to uh, Steve Merrill, CoversExperts.com, Steve Merrill. Uh, and uh, he was, you know, he's watching ESPN on ESPN, the website. They're all over this football game here this evening. Johnny Manziel's official Canadian Football League uh, debut uh, with the Montreal Alouettes against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Hamilton Tiger Cats season ticket holder Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Yes. Babano, joins us right now. Sportsmemo.com. You can get his picks. You can also watch his videos over at the sportsbookreview.com YouTube page. What's going on, Babano? Hey, Gabe, Cam, good to be with you again. And, yeah, I guess this is the uh, game of the week in the CFL, as if uh, anybody would be looking at another game to talk about this week. I like it. I, I, I Honestly, and the way Bethel Thompson played, like, I don't know. It, well, what do you think, though, Babano? Johnny Manziel now suiting up for the Alouettes. He's seen a lot of Hamilton. The guy's been there with the clipboard on the sidelines. It's kind of... I ho- hopefully, he knows, he hopefully knows he's the, got something up in, in his mind. He knows the intricacies of the offense he inside does. out in Hamilton. But truth be told, if anybody's seen the Montreal what's tackle, I think you can give them the, <laughs> the, the playbook and the script. It doesn't of, even uh, matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you know what's coming and you yeah. can't tackle it anyways. Yeah. You bring up good points. Yeah, like their defense. That's the whole thing, guys. I'm excited about Manziel. And listen, I'm a lifelong Montreal Alouette fan as well. So... But I'm looking at the bigger picture here. I mean, it's the first game here tonight. But like you said, we talked about this, Babano. You look at Travis Lule, just sort of a change of quarterback, put a spark into the offense. Uh, Boom. Last night, spark into the offense. I called it. I said, you'll see. The ball will get out quicker. You'll get it to the wide receivers more. The skill position players can make plays. Exactly what happened. Last week, step up with the Alouettes offense, even with Vernon Adams running around, and he came in off the street. Manziel's only had about 10 days there to prepare. He's had one full week working with the number ones. I mean, obviously, it's a work in progress, but how, you know, do you, how, how do you think Manziel plays tonight, uh, Babano? You think he plays well or you think he struggles? 
I think he's going to have some ups. He's going to have some downs. I think I don't think he's going to be terrible. I don't think he's going to be amazing and incredible and blow people away in his very first start. But I think he's going to have to make some good plays, and I think he might make the odd mistake and an interception because I think his arm strength and throwing to the wide side of the field on this very wide CFL field is going to be something that is the biggest work in progress for Johnny Manziel uh, as he gets acclimated to becoming a starter regularly here uh, in the CFL. That's what's I think, going to take some time for him. Uh, the Hamilton defense has actually been pretty decent this season, but they've not faced a ton of quarterbacks with that athleticism, mobile element that Manziel is going to bring. So I do think he's going to do some things tonight, but unfortunately for Montreal, Johnny Manziel can't play defense. You know, he's not going to be lining up at linebacker and secondary like Saskatchewan tried to do with Teron Carter. No, uh, he can't help that defense. And that defense is terrible for the Montreal. You know they can't tackle. You know, what's funny actually Mac Brown at Texas actually wanted Manziel to be, uh, to be a safety. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I heard, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. That's why, like, uh, people wonder, well, how come Manziel didn't play in Texas? They didn't recruit him. And they basically, they said, oh, you can't be a quarterback. Maybe you yeah. can be a DB. He's like, like, see, I think I'll go to yeah. I'm gone. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. why Mac Jones is uh, on ESPN now. Instead of on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Because not on yeah, Texas anymore. Not, no, no. He's, he's telling yeah. Heisman yeah. Trophy yeah. winners. Yeah. That they, they can't he's got to be a safety. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, I digress. So, yeah, you're right, though. That's the whole thing. I think the over is the way to go in this football game because we saw the Alouettes offense last week. I tell you, too, Tyrell Sutton's a good football player. Sure is. So if he actually has a quarterback that can keep a defense honest, then you see he can make plays a little bit, too. So, you know, there should be points in this game. I think it's risky to take the Alouettes, but Hamilton, it's hard to lay points with Hamilton, Babano. You know you're a Ticat fan. It is. It is. And that's why, from a side perspective, my uh, opinion strength on this football game from a betting standpoint is one out of ten, probably, in terms of the side. I don't have a great feel. I don't want to lay this many points with Hamilton. Don't want to take Montreal either, but the total is probably nine out of ten. I really like this game over the total. You look at Montreal, 25 points or more allowed for their last five games. They're averaging 32 points per game allowed this season. It's a total that opened in the low 40s. It's now 50, 50 and a half. Hamilton's going to score. They get their top two receivers back tonight, Tasker and Tolliver. That's going to make an immense amount of difference to help out Jalen Saunders, who's really the only guy last week that made any plays catching the football for Hamilton. Uh, to have Tasker and Tolliver back helps. The offensive line should be a little bit more cohesive. And again, Montreal's not stopping anybody. So Hamilton will put up theirs. Montreal, I think, will get a few of their own. I can see them hitting 20 at least like they did last week uh, with Vernon Adams at quarterback. So that's enough to get this game over the total, I think, with room to spare. Other than Saskatchewan, the game last night, take a look at the recent trend of CFL games. We're starting to see these yeah. overs now. The Montreal, uh, sorry, Ottawa uh, Red Blacks Toronto game was way over the number, right? I've, that, been, I've been calling this for a couple yeah, of weeks. It's happening now. The offenses are the back. The offenses are starting to get a little bit of a groove now. Damn right. I'm telling you guys, I went to the games. It was too damn hot. It was too yeah. hot. And, in fact, we should have been riding the unders because of it. It's a it's a lesson for next year if they start earlier. If we get those 40. Uh, they started uh, the season early. Like, they were playing these games, man. Like, it was unbearable. And it's slow motion. They're wearing – it's not soccer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're wearing this, like, you know – Ultra modern jerseys that are all fresh. You know what I mean? Think about a line. These guys are in thick football. Oh, I know. I know. And it's hot as hell, man. They're dying out there. Pads. Yes. Look, NFL, there's a reason they don't like summer practices. When it's too hot, they're like, all right, guys, we're going to go light today. It's too hot. CFL, you're going through the heat. It's tough. So you notice more night games are starting to go over. It's a little cooler in the air. They're starting to go over. Guys are running a little faster. I'm telling you, Babano, it makes a difference. 
Well, they've only scored a couple of touchdowns, I believe. Offensive touchdowns, Hamilton, in the last three games combined. If they're held to one or two touchdowns tonight against this Montreal defense, it's time to get a little worried for me about Jeremiah Masoli and June Jones as a combination here. This is the night well, their they offense can, they has to break sticks. out, and it's good. They move the sticks in between the 20s. It's, but it's, it's hard to do. You know that. They're, when you have so many plays, you're going to eventually make a mistake. Like the guy, that's what I've been bitching about. Yeah. I said, yeah, you guys, you throw you throw for 300 yards every week, but it takes you 18 plays, plays to get in the end zone. And once you get inside that little, you know, 20-yard area, Panic. you can't spread it out as much. Yeah. And then suddenly they have problems with Banner. You're right. They got real red zone issues. Having Tasker tonight should be a big difference at as you stated, everybody's moved the ball on this. The Alouette defense battles, but their secondary is pretty bad, and their secondary is beat up too. They're without. It's uh, injury without, riddled. You're yeah. You're absolutely right, Gabe. And another thing too is Edmonton receivers last week. They're running wide open all over the field against that Montreal <laughs> pass defense. So now that Hamilton's got their full complement of receivers back, Tasker, Tolliver, Saunders, they'll all be in there tonight. They can spread the field. Dare Montreal to have to cover all three guys, and there's going to be guys wide open because I don't trust this a Montreal secondary right now, banged up and inexperienced to cover these guys down the field. Yeah, yeah, you guys bring up good points. No, I think that we're going to see some wide open. That, yeah, we're going to, oh yeah, wide open. Edmonton's got some good, damn good receivers though. But hey, Babano, BC and Calgary, eleven and a half points. Calgary's laying in that game, but I don't have a lot of faith in the Lions. What do you think about uh, the Saturday game? It's a tough one. I actually like BC one. here. I think BC. I think this is Calgary's time to really maybe throw up a clunker. I don't know if BC is going to win this football game, but I think has it's Calgary too many points. Covered, has Calgary covered every game of Battle this year? All but one, and that was the game they played Montreal. Believe it or not, that's when they were laying that yeah, outrageous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Montreal covered the twenty-one. Yeah, I was drunk. Yeah. I was drunk. I that's right. I was got, on the Alouettes. Yeah, so we, took remember yeah. we got three touchdowns. Won by eighteen or something. Nineteen. Exactly. Scored eight right points there. and covered. Scored eight points and covered the game. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, because Calgary took it easy. Like they, they actually did. They were like, "Wow, Montreal, Poor Montreal." Sucked. No, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Montreal's they, defense. You know what it was? Montreal scored early, yeah. and it sort of just gave them that little cushion with the point spread. But I'm just stating, Calgary took the pedal off the metal that week. You know, they were back home from the East Coast. It was sort of a walkthrough for them. I don't know. I think they might be more focused for BC. That's the whole thing. You got to catch Calgary sort of bored, right? And you can you can cover yeah. on them, but it's a lot of freaking points. I don't want to lay the points. I'm with you, Babano. I'll take the eleven and a half. Well, here's the thing with Calgary. Their offense to me has been a little bit. It's it's, it's still been okay, but it's not been that Bowie Levi Mitchell oh, high Eric level Rogers. of execution the last couple Eric of weeks. Rogers Eric Rodgers is out. Is out. Eric Rogers out. Surgery start, start for a knee receiver. injury. Yep. Yep, surgery for a knee injury that he underwent this week. So he's out, and he's their best deep threat. Uh, so now Calgary's going to have to rely on Breskison, uh, you know, and Kamar Jordan and uh, Jordan, yeah. Daniel and guys still, like still, that. Still, yeah, those guys are still good. The guys you name are still pretty good receivers. Yeah, They're still pretty good. Just, just means Kamar Jordan's going to have a match. Jordan's going to have a huge game. Yeah, yeah. But, he should. Uh, yeah, he's probably a good DraftKings guy. BC, though, I'll say this about BC. Their first three games, they were outgained by at least 60 yards in every game. Jennings was horrible. Two games, though, with Travis Lule under center. What do you look for? You look for a spark. You look for the team to rally around a quarterback change uh, with a step-up effort. They've given that through two games. 2-0 two against the spread. They came back to beat Winnipeg. Could have beat Ottawa on the road before their bye week. Uh, Ottawa got them late with a last-minute touchdown, but they were competitive right there and had a chance to win both games. Now they're off a of bye well-rested, fresh, chance to get ready for this game against Calgary. I just think it's a few too many points here. I think BC can hang in this number. Lule has rallied the troops here, and BC's been very, very competitive since he's taken over. You got a penny on the total, Babano, 50 and a half? 
Yeah, I'd go under uh, in this game. I really would because I think Calgary's defense continues to be great. They shut down Saskatchewan again last week. They've given up 22 points or less in every single football game this season. Lule is going to move the ball a bit. But at the same time, I think BC's defense, you know, with extra time now in Calgary's offense, since Bo Mitchell got hurt in that game on the road against Ottawa, guys, he's not been as sharp. He's not been as crisp. He's not been as accurate with the football. So I think that game can slide under the total. What do you think? Uh, I was going to say, what, 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 we gonna, we're going to do some baseball with yeah. the banner there? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Baseball, you look at the interesting baseball. You know what? There's a lot of heavy I mean, favorites I'm kinda, tonight. I'm kind of pissed off. I was going to lay the 220 with the Cubs, but I got on yeah, the They're already up 5-2. to two. It was a busy day today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I well, if you're a baseball fan, this is right, a... But right before I was going to get my bet. Yeah, minus one and a half. Oh, this is a great night York. for baseball fans, to be honest with you. I mean, you've got two not just good, but great series, big-time series. Boston and the Yankees continue tonight. How about Houston and the L.A. Dodgers in interleague action? we got some big-time series going on. Guys, we got the Boston Red Sox. Severino's been a gas can. The Boston, I don't care who. I was on Boston last night. They were dead. See, they were They're dead. home so underdogs. I. Yep. I, told, I told this. They're, They're home underdogs. Here's another yeah, one, too. I know. Guys, DeGrom is a great pitcher. They lose all the time when he pitches. Oh, he never wins. I even, well, he I, pitches well, and they don't win. I'll even go one further. I'm actually going to even put the Royals at plus 175 on my card today. Yeah, tonight's yeah, a, Odorizzi shouldn't be laying 210. Tonight, Sorry. Tonight's a little bit. The Dodgers were small home dogs. I see that game's now pick them. But yep. me personally, I'm taking the Red Sox as, a, as an underdog, and I'm taking the Atlanta Braves as an underdog. What are you doing tonight, Ben? What, what was your free baseball play of the day on uh, on YouTube? Yeah, I don't argue with either of those. I mean, you are getting lines based on starting pitching matchups only, and those are the lines I like to destroy, uh, destroy and take advantage of at this time of year in August and September, when lines with inferior teams and teams in bad form are the way they are only because the starting pitcher is supposedly superior. You've got that in New York-Boston. You've got that in Atlanta than the Mets, when clearly to me, Boston's in better form. Boston's been amazing at home. Atlanta's a much better baseball team than the New York Mets, but you're getting the Mets and the Yankees favored because they've got quote-unquote aces on the mound. Well, Severino's been terrible the last three starts. 10.05 ERA in his last three starts. Yankees have lost his last two starts. What's Boston's home record? Something like 20, 30 games above 500, and now they're a home underdog. Yeah, Porcello's been up and down, but I can't resist Boston at that plus price, and I have no argument with Atlanta as an underdog either. I know DeGrom's great, but that's a DeGrom line only. I told the waiter at the at the sports bar last night. He's like, "Cam, I'm on Boston." I go, "Don't worry about it. It's early. Fifteen <laughs> runs later, he's hey, we we got a winner." Yeah, I go, "Don't worry about it. Boston could score. They're never out of any game." I'll tell you what, the uh, Washington Nationals starting to heat up right yeah. now. Nice spot here, but it's Gio Gonzalez. I know. Still, uh, I like them with a parlay with the Indians, and I know we always talk about the Indians being money birds. The Indians absolutely own the Angels, guys. The Angels can't win on the road. They can't win in Cleveland. The Angels aren't that good. It's falling apart for them. They are. Yeah. And, and Bari has been, been a little down. bit hit, hittable lately. Bari has struggled a little bit too lately for the uh, L.A. Angels as well. And I like the Dodgers. I mentioned that other big game. I'm actually on L.A. tonight. The Dodgers with Alex Wood. Wood is good. Uh, I believe that because he's pitched well as of late. Six and two are the Dodgers in his last eight starts. Uh, Verlander's not been the same as of late for Houston. You know, he's been hittable. He hasn't pitched deep into the game. He gave up nine hits in his last start against Texas. Labored through five innings just to get through it. Dodgers offense exploded the last two nights. World and Series I'm not revenge. told Houston is back on right, track on here, guys. We're going to a break. Hang oh, in there for a second, man. Hold on. Game time decision continues. 
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Use as directed. I must break you. Down is on two hours till Johnny Manziel's debut. We also got uh, Yar Chris Archer making his pitching call. debut versus St. Lou. You know what? I like him in DraftKings. I like him from a fantasy perspective, but, but you don't want to lay sixty cents. I, 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 I think he'll get it done. But yeah, you're right. Sixty cents is a lot. Yeah. That line should be about a buck thirty-five, buck forty. Well, they they do win all the time suddenly, yeah. right? So uh, yeah, you, the Pirates are hot. Good call, though. Yeah, we'll get to that. Chris Archer will go over some baseball uh, stuff. So we're with Ian Cameron, Babano. Uh, Babano, all right, so uh, baseball here, as as you were talking about. We're talking about the underdogs. Uh, the L.A. Dodgers tonight, you got Justin Verlander rolling in here. And let us not forget, uh, Babano, this is a World Series rematch uh, yes. as well. So it's also, you know, whatever. World Series rematch, you know, we I always think revenge is overrated. You know, it, I think it matters in college football when it goes back and forth. But, you know, these guys want to win every game they play in anyways every night. But... The Dodgers and the Astros could play each other in the World Series again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, you beat us in the World Series, we'll never see you again. It's just another series. I think the Dodgers still remember, Gabe. It's one of those yeah, things. Right. Like, they're, of course they do. They lost the World Series That's in right. seven they're, games. They're, they're, I don't think it's an ordinary game for them. I think no. the Dodgers are going to be very motivated no, this weekend. No, they are. And also, they don't want to lose again to no, this team. exactly. Bad vibes. Just bad for the whole, what, the Astros own us? Yes. Oh, are we going to play them in the playoffs exactly. in the World Series and they own us? Exactly. So, yeah, you'll get a focused Dodgers team tonight. You got Dozer. You got Machado. Dozer's on fire since he's been there. As Babano says, wood is good. Wood is good. Yes. Wood is yes, good, is. Babano. So yeah, you like the wood. Dodgers tonight. Yeah, it really is good because he's six and two in his last eight starts. What he does is he's not going to wow the betting markets, but what he's going to do is he's going to be Mr. Consistent. Look at the recent starts for Wood. Every single start, basically, three runs or less. He gives you six innings. You know, that's solid. Amen. That's all you can ask for. He holds you in a game, gives you a chance to win. That's been Alex Wood to a tee so far this season. So if he pitches that way again, uh, I think Dodgers are going to have a chance. Like I said, Verlander, after an April and May where it seemed like he couldn't get, he couldn't hit the guy, uh, he's been a lot more hittable in June, July, and now going into August. So it's been a little bit of a rougher go for Verlander here tonight. That Dodgers lineup busted out those last two games against Milwaukee. What did they put up? 27 runs in those last two games. Astros have been struggling for a long time. I know they beat Seattle two in a row, but they beat a Seattle team that's floundering themselves. Seattle's not played good ball the last couple of weeks. So let's see if the Astros are truly out of this funk because they're playing an even better team here. I like the Dodgers tonight. That's the Kenny Rogers roaster saying, Gabe, it's the it's the wood yeah, that makes it good. The wood that makes it yeah, good. Yeah, it's Kenny Rogers roasters, baby. It's time to worry about Seattle, you guys. I'm serious. They're I agree. struggling right I agree. now. Oakland's right on their backside trying to catch them. I mean, Mariner's going to have to kick this thing into high gear pretty soon. Marco Gonzalez yeah. on the hill, though. He's put together five straight quality he has. starts. He has. 
Um, a rookie. Yeah. yeah, I know. He he gets uh, he gets run support though. I, I don't know. You know. This is a tough one. I'm not in a hurry. No, the Mariners let me down last I've night. I'm not them. in a hurry to. I rode them like them. I would. And the Blue Jays are a streaky team. Uh, you know, the Blue Jays will lose ten nothing and they'll lose four in a row, and then they'll they got they'll lots score. Of, yeah, they got lots of fans in Seattle. That's their best market too. Have you seen these guys traveling yeah. with the team? It's like craziness. Like there is a lot of Blue Jay fans there, man. It's not. That's amazing too, because Seattle's got a team that's uh, contending right now for a wild card, contending for yeah. a division, and here's the Blue Jay fans still showing up in droves last night there at Safeco. I was going to ask you, Babano, about, uh, you know, the old angle. We talk about Milwaukee coming home from that road trip, Colorado on the road. Uh, it was plus 115. I'm seeing Colorado plus 105, uh, Milwaukee minus 125, Guerra versus Marquez. i got to lean to the Rockies. Yeah, do you have an opinion on this game? Uh, the Rockies have done me very, very wrong this week. I've had the Rockies a couple of times, and it's not been very, very fun. Uh, they've had chances to beat St. Louis a couple of games, and they lose another heartbreaker in the ninth inning. Wade Davis blows the game in the ninth against St. Louis, the final game of that series. They're in some negative momentum now on this road trip to begin it. So uh, I'm, I'm not trusting Colorado here. Gare is another one of these guys. All he's done has been consistent. Uh, give Brewers a chance to win every game. He's been solid. He's had more good outings than bad outings. Uh, I'm not in love with Colorado tonight. I'd probably lean Milwaukee there. What about uh, Oakland? And uh, I want to take Oakland game in a parlay, too, with Mr. Anderson against Hardy. Like, the Detroit Tigers on the road, like, that's a team that's mailed it in. I think Oakland, uh, even though it's a buck 85. I'm with him. It's one of these deals, yeah. though. It's like you know, I don't want to lay the juice. It's like going to a strip club. You know, I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, like, You're right. Uh, Tonight's board. There's a lot I like. Uh, like I like a lot I of games. At every baseball game. <laughs> you know, like I'm looking at the Boston Red Sox at plus one ten. As yep. we talked about, Severino's been a gas can man. Severino, and he's been giving up the long ball. Now he's in Fenway. He's not in a good spot uh, here. And uh, yeah, Severino's given up more home runs in his past four starts than he had in his previous eighteen starts. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you believe that? Yeah, the one I've got tonight is I've got Boston uh, and the Dodgers as single uh, bets. I actually put together, what is it, an eight-team parlay here. It's just, you know, 27 to 1. Let's take a shot. Washington, Philadelphia, because I like Velasquez. He's been terrific lately. Pittsburgh with Archer. Tampa Bay with Stanek, because Giolito and the White Sox have really been that bad this year. Cleveland, Arizona with Corbin. Oakland with uh, Anderson against Detroit. And then Seattle with Gonzalez, who I've been riding a bit. So Seattle, Oakland. Arizona, Cleveland, Tampa, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Washington, 27 to 1, 18 parlay. Let's take a shot. I like it. Yeah. I actually really do like that. That's I love looking at a lot of those games. Seattle screwed me last night, though. God, man, how did they lose that game? I was so pissed. I can't believe the Blue Jays screwed me out of that $800 parlay. Ian Cameron, uh, you can watch his uh, videos over yep. at sportsbookreview.com's uh, YouTube page, as well as get his picks over at sportsmemo.com. And uh, you can meet. The uh, the world famous Ian Cameron. Oh, you meet him. A member of Johnny Manziel's party posse. That's how it all started. <laughs> that's right. That's how it all started. Last August, we were in Costa Rica with Johnny Manziel, and uh, that's how the uh, Manziel to Hamilton connection thing uh, started. And uh, you see Manziel ended up in Babano's hometown, and now yep. he went to my hometown. Exactly. He met him in Costa Rica. Like, poor Johnny. If only if he would have known, that's where his life was going at the time. <laughs> Well, Johnny, <laughs> 12, 12 months from now, you're going to be living next to next to me in Dundas, Ontario. Uh, yeah. You know, you know what's funny? I actually told him that night. I told him like once I, when I talked to him seriously for a minute, 
I said, I'm sure, you know, I said, I know you want to get back to the NFL, but I brought it up. I said, Warren Moon's a Hall of Famer, man. And I said, he played in the Canadian great, Football League. Yeah, great Canadian Football yeah. League player. And I said, Jeff Garcia yep. played in the Canadian Football League, then got the contract with the San Francisco uh, 49ers. Doug Flutie. And he was sort of looking at me, and he, and he was, like, soaking it in a yeah, bit. he listened. Yeah, and I basically stated, I said, man, there's guys that have, you know, played in this league. And I, I told him, too. I said, man, quarterbacks make, like, five seven $700,000 a year and stuff. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And so, you know, here we are now. It took a year, but life... Things don't happen overnight, so we wish him the best. But um, Las Vegas, it's three weeks, Babano. Three weeks officially from today, we'll be in Las Vegas for the IFPC. And uh, Babano will be there. Cam Stewart will be there. I will be speaking. Uh, I'll be there, and uh, I'll be doing. Uh, I'll be giving my NFL best bets of the year and some NFL angles to approach, how to approach the NFL betting season this year. Um, live at the Golden Nugget in the, in the conference room. On uh, Sunday, August 26th. But uh, we'll be there. Mike Cardano's going to be there. Everybody's coming down. Yeah, even Mike Cardano. So um, everybody, everybody's going to be down there. It's everybody the who's a somebody's going to be there. Yeah, it's, it's going to be <laughs> off the hook for Bano. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I got the golf on in the background right now here, and I notice our boy here all of a sudden round of the day going to Tommy Fleetwood. He can go his own way to the top of the leaderboard, apparently. He's uh, had a great day. I got Fleetwood and Poulter, but you know you know something's going to happen. We talked about Justin Thomas, too. Those three are in the lead, 11, 11, 11. But, uh, hey, what's Tiger? Six? Yeah, he's lingering. Tiger's in there. He's yeah. lurking. He's, he's, he's lurking. lurking. Yeah. He's got a T-9. chance. He's in there for the weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward, guys, to IFBC being with you guys, seeing everyone down there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, no question about that. And before I end this interview, let's give Gabe good luck. All the best in New York City. Uh, the next chapter, uh, wish you all the best, my friend. Great success. Uh, I think you're going to kill it there in New York City. They're not ready for Gabe Morenci. I appreciate the kind words, uh, Babano. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll be speaking a lot uh, yeah. before then, and we'll be speaking after True. then uh, as well. A lot of stuff, a uh, lot of stuff uh, between uh, now. Yeah, you're a busy man, then. brother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to hire Globe a trotter. Never mind the Harlem go- glo- Globetrotters, the Morenci Globetrotters. That's what you're going to be this next month. Yeah, you got to get a frequent flyer card or something. I really you know, honestly, like it's one thing. Like you, you're gonna get free, like you get free trips. I know. I think I thought about that too. I like I've never had one my whole life. What an idiot! Like my girlfriend goes for free to everywhere. We're sometimes we're not the sharpest knives in the drawer, Gabe. No, I'm in Toronto right now. I'll be in New York on uh, on Tuesday. Oh wow! We'll be doing the show from New York uh, next week. I'll be in New York uh, next week. I'll be yeah. in Montreal next weekend uh, for uh, Earl de la Perel's tribute, their first football game uh, without him. I'll be in Montreal, so uh, there's three cities. Then I'll be in Las Vegas. Vegas. And then after Vegas, I'm going to go to Vancouver. Vancouver. And then after Vancouver, right to uh, to New York. And New York. And New Jersey. Yeah, New You're York, probably New, Jersey, new, uh, yeah, new, your, new your new stomping ground. Yeah, Maybe Hoboken. Yeah, no, New York, New Jersey. <laughs> and then, and though, a pit stop back in Toronto late September, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah then we're back. Yeah, that's why it's kind of weird. Like, So I'm not yeah. you know, all melodramatic. All right, bye, everyone. Like, yeah. And then boom. But I'll be busy. Yeah, I'll be uh, shacked up for a week recording a new record with Homicide and then, then, then back to New York. So it'll be an exciting and the football season's going on. It's going to be a crazy uh, next couple of months, guys. But it'll be a hell of a ride. Sure will. And it'll be a hell of a time and a hell of a bash in Las Vegas, Nevada. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great weekend. Yeah, take care, Babano. Thanks for the time, uh, Ian. Babano, Ian Cameron. Like I said, good guy, good capper. You can find him over at uh, sportsmemo.com. Uh, support him. Support our guest, uh, sportsmemo.com. You win some money, too. Sportsmemo.com. You can get his picks. 
And um, you can watch his videos over at uh, sportsbookreview.com's YouTube page. All right, looks like we've got a statement from Urban Meyer. Really? Yeah. Ohio State coach Urban Meyer has broken his silence on exactly what he knew regarding Zach Smith's domestic violence allegation from 2015. He's already lying because there's another one yeah, going back 2009. to 2009. Yeah. All right. Meyer says he properly reported the issue to authorities of the 2015 incident, confirming a report from uh, Brett McMurphy earlier in the week. That contradicts Meyer's statements at Big Ten Media Day, which he said, I got a text last night that something happened in 2015 and there was nothing. Exactly when Meyer knew about the incident, however, was not addressed. Meyer also wrote that he was always followed proper uh, recording protocols and procedures when I've learned of an incident involving a student athlete, coach, or member of our staff. All right, so here is his comment. My heart is heavy today as I witness the, uh, the toll of events of the past week have taken on the Buckeye family and the university community that I love so dearly. When I stand before the 105 young men in our football program and talk about core values and doing the right thing and respecting women, it's not lip service. I genuinely believe that we have an obligation to help develop uh, young men in our, into our charge, into uh, positive change agents, that, uh, and that responsibility rests with me. Says the man that uh, coached Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez. And for the record, all oh, Urban, it's not his fault Aaron Hernandez shot someone. Aaron Hernandez shot someone in Florida, and they covered it up too, all right? Yeah. The only reason he got away with it is because he missed the guy. <laughs> it's true. Uh, over the past several days, I've been portrayed as being indifferent to domestic violence and as someone who did not take appropriate action when warranted. Well, over three decades of coaching, I've learned uh, to ignore how others define me. I do feel it necessary to share the truth with the Buckeye family. Here's the truth. While at the University of Florida and now at Ohio State University, I've always followed proper recording, reporting protocols and procedures when I've learned of an incident involving a student athlete, coach, member of her staff. Man, he's full of shit, this guy. And uh, I did so regarding the Zach Smith incident in 2015. All right, Urban, so what, how about the time that uh, there was a restraining order when he beat up his pregnant wife, wife. in Gainesville, yes. Florida, and there was a police report about exactly. it? Exactly. Like, he's so full of it. Like, he's just, he's cherry-picking his comments here. The power of uh, of what I say and how I say it, especially regarding sensitive and serious domestic uh, issues, has, uh, has never been more evident than now. My words, whether in reply to a reporter's question or in addressing a personal issue, must be clear. Compassionate, and most of all, completely accurate. And when he says this, too, dude, during the, the Big Ten media thing, he started talking about hitting pause and reset buttons, yes. and he started talking about weird coach speak. It wasn't an answer. Unfortunately, the Big Ten Media Day, I failed on many of these fronts. My intention was not to say anything inaccurate or misleading. However, I was not adequately prepared to discuss these sensitive personal issues with the media, and I apologize for the way I handled them. That's crap. Screw you. That's you, uh, that's just a straight-up lie dude, right there. You lied on July exactly. 24th, and now you're caught, and now, now you're ahead. like, oh, no, no, but, you know. People are going to see through this crap. Come I understand on. there are more questions that need to be answered, and I look forward to doing just that with independent investigators retained by the university, and I will cooperate fully uh, at the appropriate time. <laughs> I will address the questions and speculation in a public forum. But now, out of respect for an ongoing inquiry, I will refrain. Uh, please know that the truth is the ultimate power, and I am confident that I took appropriate action. As I stated above, I deeply regret if I have failed in my words. As the son of an amazing uh, woman and the husband to another and the father of two incredible young uh, women, those who know me best know the admiration and respect I have for women. Our core values are just that values do not, that uh, do not ever waver. I ask that you continue to support the incredible coaches and student athletes in our program. 
and I also asked to uh, look away from our Ohio State wrestling coach who has been groping wrestlers for the last 20 years. Oh, no, he didn't say that. I said that. I asked you to continue to support the incredible coaches and student-athletes in our program. Yeah, so uh, that incident where he kept his buddy on staff with the pregnant wife is just... Uh it just disappears. This guy, so you said it, like, this is one of the worst political statements ever. Like, if you can't see through this, and I like how this BS, like, and, and he kept the guy on staff. Like he knew. While at the University of yeah, Florida, Florida, I always follow proper Product, reporting. Protocol. Yeah. Sure. Dude. All right. Proper protocol. How many? Yeah. <laughs> what, Florida Gator players? <laughs> on his on his watch? Man, quite a few. I also, gave uh, lost the, the Bob Evans uh, breakfast deal, too. So it's, uh, it's they're tough. the ones that fired him. So what, what's the deal? He yeah, lost Bob, a sausage yeah, uh, sponsorship. He, he was called the best breakfast coach, and they had a big campaign. Hi, everybody. I'm Urban Meyer. Bob, Bob Evans is a big uh, big uh, breakfast joint in Ohio. I've been to a couple of them. They're also uh, out east. Uh, yeah, so he was going to be the spokesperson for Bob Evans Sausage and uh, the breakfast joint, and uh, they said, see you later, Urban. You're no longer the breakfast man. He gone. Yeah, so Bob Evans said, beat it. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Although I don't want to see you guys getting kicked off of teams uh, for uh, for marijuana, but uh, <laughs> a kid on Florida got kicked off the team for um, getting arrested for possession of marijuana three times. Several months later, Jenkins spoke to the Orlando Sentinel about his dismissal. If Coach Meyer were still coaching, I'd still be playing for the Gators. <laughs> Will Mushkamp kicked him off the team. Oh, Will Will said enough is enough. He wasn't down with the, <laughs> the green. The kid even says if Urban Meyer was coach. <laughs> All right, so um, 31 arrested players. 31 arrests during six years. Wow. Yeah, 31, six. Uh... 30, 31 arrests yeah. in six years for, uh, for Urban Meyer. Or at least that that's one here. Let's 5. see. 5.2. Still a lot when you think about it. That's still a lot. I mean, look. That's a big percent, I would really. It's not just me being a jackass here no. either. Look at this. Like, this is USA Today, okay? It's pretty mainstream. Ohio State should weigh history of Florida during Urban Meyer's evaluation. Yep. It sounded more like a lawyer than a football coach in that statement. Very legal. 30 arrests, over 30 arrests, 31, including Chris Rainey, who was charged with aggravated assault, stalking a girlfriend. Jamar Hornsby, who stole a $3,000 credit card of a deceased girlfriend of a... Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Now, I almost feel like we should actually uh, defend Urban Meyer a little bit here. Just in the sense that he did coach in Florida, and basically, like, 50% of Florida residents get arrested on a daily basis, all right? Tough, <laughs> tough state? Yeah. 
A lot of things going on there. It's just comical that Urban Meyer releases this statement about when I was in Florida, I always did everything by the book and stuff. Protocol. All right, here's some of the rest. So I was actually right. It's up to 41. We saw that at 30, but it was actually 41-41, including Ronnie Wilson, a lineman from Meyer's initial 2005 recruiting class who punched and spat a man on a man. Then opened his trunk, uh, grabbed an AK-47, and opened fire outside of a nightclub. <laughs> and he's still on the team. Safety uh, Dorian Monroe was charged with felony theft, accused of removing a parking boot affixed to his car. That's gold. Oh, yeah. I don't blame him for that. <laughs> Homer drove with it all the way back from New York, remember? Crab juice, Mountain Dew. Yeah. Give me the crab juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crab juice. <laughs> yes. I like, you know what, I don't even, I don't really even hold, like, some of these arrests against, some of the Florida Gator arrests are cold, man. So, yeah, safety Dorian Monroe was charged with felony theft after he removed a parking boot and affixed to his car. Safety Tony Joyner was charged with breaking into an impound lot to steal back his girlfriend's impounded car. Amazing. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, defensive end uh, Jermaine Cunningham was arrested after an altercation with an employee in a sandwich shop at Jimmy John's. <laughs> uh, other arrests include uh, starting defensive end Carlos Dunlop accused of driving under the influence before the conference championship game. Starting cornerback Janoris Jenkins charged with the resisting arrest. Uh, backup running back Chris Rainey accused of uh, sending a text message to a former girlfriend that read in part time to die. Uh, the penalties and <laughs> like we can go this on. This is un- unbelievable. Like there's there's where's other. The, where's the stolen credit card from the dead person or something along those lines? Yeah, that's, the, that's a good one. I think. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize Rainey did all these things. I know. I know. Time to die. Time to die. You know, it's it's a great quote here. Jenkins, the cornerback, who eventually left Florida for North Alabama after uh, Will Muschamp uh, dismissed him from the team after multiple marijuana arrests. Several months later, Jenkins told the Orlando Sentinel about his dismissal. If Coach Meyer were still coaching, I'd still be playing for the Gators. Coach Meyer knows what it takes to win. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Like, sorry. Like, dude, I'm not an attorney, care, but like, this is you talk about like no, character witness no, stuff. Yeah. So I'd be like, you know, you just call in the former coach. So you're telling us that you got arrested four times, and you're saying you believe that if coach you said if Coach Meyer was still coaching, you think he'd still be on the team because he doesn't care. And he even adds it, he knows what it takes to win. <laughs> also, for a guy that talks about like protecting women and stuff, and your one of your players has like time to die and all that stuff, like. Is he's like I don't know what he's talking about. Like Gabe, you gotta you gotta say like that. that Listen, that, like that, I that said, statement no. was so like kids in Florida are insane. But okay, yeah. let's even get more serious now. Aaron Hernandez was one of his players. Yes. Now, Aaron Hernandez was a gangbanger, and Aaron Hernandez was on a path of self destruction on his own. Yep. Aaron Hernandez was crazy long before Her, he, he ever met Herman, Herman Meyer. Meyer yep. Right. Yep. But. Yeah, I'm just being, you know, you know, serious here. You got to ask yourself. Let's say, Cam, that when Aaron Hernandez tried to shoot someone outside of a club and didn't get kicked off the team for it, basically Tim Tebow was there. Yep. Like a lot of, like there was a bunch of teammates there, and there was an altercation outside of a club, and Aaron Hernandez like shot at someone, but he missed them, and. 
the guy never pressed charges. Like the guy sort of walked away after yeah. Buddy. Well, someone shoots you, you're yeah. running. You're running away, yes, right? Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're boogieing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Aaron Hernandez like missed the guy type thing, and Tala, the, the cop showed up Gainesville and everything. Yeah. Word was allegedly here that basically Tim Tebow chilled everyone out. That hey, listen, you know what I mean, yeah. and kind of got. So where I'm going with this is maybe if Urban Meyer said, you know what, I know he's a great tight end and stuff, but this kid's shooting at people. He's out of control. i got to kick him off the team. Then Aaron Hernandez isn't on the New England Patriots. Patriots. Then Aaron Hernandez isn't in that same situation in his life killing the people that he did. It just changes the whole outcome. Maybe he's in jail earlier. Maybe he yeah. kills someone else, though. We don't know, but right? that, yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, he obviously, it's strange. Aaron Hernandez was a murderer. Yes. In a sense that... He tried to kill someone before, before and then he, he was ended rich. Up doing it. Yeah. He got rich. He had $40 million contract. And he, still did he won it. Super Bowls. I know. And he still shot someone in the face. Oh, that's after, what they were talking right? about. How crazy. Yeah, he was you just. You know, like he, yeah. you, you can take someone out of the hood. Sometimes you can't take the hood out of somebody. That's right. And that, that's a that he, he was the classic example of that. Yep. I watched that documentary on him. I saw, I saw, I saw the whole 60, uh, 48 hours thing. It was fascinating, man. Like he was, you talked about it. Like this guy from. The moment he was there, it was gang bang time, and that's the thing. He was he had a good thing going you in New England, too, but that's the thing. He, even no, when he, he said he kid, wanted though. and he wanted to hang out with those type of people. Like it was just. But they say even the when he was a kid, he was a good basketball player. Yes, he was very good. And I guess there was like a physical game once, and they realized like he he sort of snapped a bit, yeah. and even his coach was like, "Holy shit, this kid could get really scary pretty fast." Yeah. And they started, you know, hey, Aaron, kind of, you know, you got to try to channel this rage. And he did into sports. Yes. Running people over, became a tight end and a damn good yeah. one. But he just couldn't let it go, huh? You know, just. No, that's the thing. He, he hung out with the same, like, you know what I mean? He did the same things. He didn't change when he went to the New England Patriots. And the crazy he was still thing hanging is, like, out with yeah. lowlifes and, and all sorts of stuff. And he didn't kill, yeah. he didn't shoot people over like a, no. oh, wow, you know, it was a no. money deal. Was, no, he shot over, over like a spilled drink in a bar. Yeah, it was like, you yeah. looking at me type yeah, thing. That's what he did. Yeah, you know, someone spilled the a guy drink even, on him. The guy and, even said, I remember the guy, the one guy, he's like, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Aaron Hernandez, I'm sorry. He's like, guy wouldn't even take sorry. Like, how many times have you been wasted where some guys have spilled drinks on me? I go, no problem, man. This guy's like, wants to kill you for now, spilling first a drink. Off, not even like a gangster would like do that. And I know. No, a gangster like, would, would like follow that. you yeah. outside in the parking lot and shoot you type thing or follow no. you into the woods like you, well, they followed him home or whatever yeah. and they shot him on the side of the road, whatever. But it's like, dude, you play on the New England Patriots. Patriots. Like, why are you doing this? I know. Like, That's it. You said it. So well. I'm not like, like I said, I'm not blaming Urban Meyer, but. No. You know, it's just, to me, if Urban Meyer wrote that statement, maybe you should have left out the part, Urban, about how you always cared about everything. When you, when, all I had to do is punch in Urban Meyer arrest, dude. New York Times, USA Today, all, and going back years, all kinds of editorials about Urban Meyer's ethics and how Urban Meyer always plays the innocent card. I didn't know. He never knows anything, Cam, supposedly, this guy. He's like a politician. I found out on the news like everyone else. And to, to say, and, and, yeah. and he's so full of shit. Like last week, he was dismissive. Somebody said, "What do you say about the report of you about your coach beating up his wife?" He said, "Well, I don't know. I saw some story about some text, but there's nothing to it." Next, kind of like yeah. just kind of dickish, dismissive. Yeah. Now he's all like, "Oh my words!" Yeah. I, you know, now I know. It's like, what do you mean? Now you know you can't lie. You talk about the females. Yeah, you knew your your buddy who's been on your staff since Florida did this. He's had a history of it. It's not a one-time incident. Yeah, you keep him around. If you really cared about the women, and you'd get he, that guy off staff. Even if he somewhat cared, 
He would have said it's a very serious issue, and we're looking into it. Yep. Instead, he went the fake news route. I know he did. He sort of pulled the Trump card. Well, poured a something kind of, you know. I don't, you know, I don't know, but it was there's nothing to it, so I don't right. really know. He brushed it off. Now he can't be brushing it off. Yeah, but how does that have any real. credibility when in the report we find out he goes, oh, I didn't know about that. All right, so what about in 2009 at Florida yes. when the same guy? You brought this guy with, with you, you from Florida. Exactly. You know his hit track record. So look, you know Ken, his history. The Florida Gator team, essentially, the players were attacking women. The coaches were going home and beating up their wives. Like he's yeah. Urban Meyer might appear like a good man, but he runs like pretty violent programs. He yeah. just does. Oh yeah, and 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 when when somebody calls him out on it too, he plays that card like he thinks he's uh, Mister uh, Perfect. You know, he go, oh, I got the don't no, no, I didn't do that. I, I didn't. Think, do, hey, no, I see through the BS. I though. think though he has been a lot better at Ohio State. You can't get away with the safe crap at Ohio State. No, yeah, no, like no. He, I would, Florida he was, wouldn't be suspended right yes. now in Florida, right? So Yeah, no, Ohio, you say that that is true. But he also knew going from Florida to Ohio State is I can't have the same type of program that I had with the Gators here in Columbus. It doesn't fly, man. His wife's on staff, too. She's a nurse. Like, the whole family. He's running a cleaner program, but come on. This is the, the, the way he talked. The, how, the way he tried to, his words, he tried to, is very like he's, he's angling for like a legal defense game, and it doesn't sound very authentic to me. It sounds like even more BS. He, he's going down. Uh, he will not be, I'm going to make a, I don't think he will not be the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. They're going to gas him. Yeah. That's my prediction. I think he's done too. I think he's done too. There's no way. I don't think there's they, no way you could. You can't. I don't think they want to do this. No, they want. Like they're they're about to lose coach. the best coach, exactly. the, the second best coach in football. After Nick Saban, yeah. you got Urban Meyer and Dabo Sweeney. And Dabo Sweeney's those yep. three. I'll agree. Yeah. You know Great I mean? programs. Those are the three. Do you think hits. Ohio State Buckeyes want to bring back the sweater vest like a guy like that, like a Jim Tressel? They had no respect back there's then. Talk of Greg Schiano taking over. Uh, Schiano's good, but. He's no Urban Meyer. And it's funny, too, because Shiano didn't get With the Rutgers? job in Tennessee yeah. because Clay Travis made a big stink about Shiano being on the staff at Penn State and knowing about Sandusky. Really? So it's like, it yeah. just never ends. It's just a never-ending college circle with these guys. I know, but there's you want to give them the benefit of the yeah. doubt. Go, You know, Urban Meyer's a good guy. He doesn't. He can't control these kids. And stuff. But it wasn't a kid. It was the assistant coach, who's his buddy, who he was covering up for. Yes. And... It's not one incident, guys. It's multiple. There's like 50 to 60 to 75. God knows what we don't even know about, right? It's it's rampant. That's that's the issue. It's just rampant and consistent. Like, say what you will about Jim Harbaugh not wanting to eat chicken. I know, but uh, he doesn't. Like, uh, honestly, like Harbaugh, Stanford, Michigan, he San runs Diego, a, University he runs San Diego. a tight program. His biggest scandal is, as I stated, he started practice like an hour earlier. Or he did it. He got... It's not a practice if the, the players, if the coach isn't there. Yeah. So he basically told the team, go practice without me. Yeah. I'll be and there he in told an hour. Her, I'm going to fight. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Don't worry about it. I'll yeah, get yeah. There. Just go. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, that's the worst thing that, he did. That, you know what I mean? But that's the NCAA with their stupid rules, too. You can only practice this much time a week. You have a competitive like program Harbaugh, like Michigan. Harbaugh, he wants to win. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. Harbaugh has had yeah. violations. But not like this. At Michigan, even. Yep. But the extreme petty ones in which, yeah. yeah like basically the NCAA loser violations. Yeah, like you know, Harbaugh like will skirt 
Like, you know, okay, you can't have the kids in the room by this time. Yeah, they're so, there. So Harbaugh will tell him, put your pads on in your room first. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? Like, he'll sort of. Like the kid who comes he to always, the <laughs> He always looks for that sort of extra little yeah. angle, yeah. you know? Hey, we got our equipment on, coach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's so smart. That's the thing, yeah. Like his violation. The NCAA also has some really stringent rules. Harbaugh's biggest so. thing is he makes the kids on the team drink milk. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, no, 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 he's a big uh, bones guy. Yeah, no, I'm dead calcium serious. and bones. Yeah, he, he drinks milk with all three meals a day. I had a cycle friend in uh, in high school. Gabe, same thing. Like I used he, to go over for dinner. Like every time, they, we like they yeah. made me eat a vitamin and milk. Like, like it, their family was addicted to milk and vitamins. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why. Uh, like in Michigan practices and stuff after. <laughs> like, like they have milk. Yeah, like there's a bunch of milk. Like he encourages it. Yeah, big, drink, drink the milk. He's part of the dairy board, yeah. I guess. It's funny, but he only <laughs> he only tells the quarterbacks, don't eat uh, Don't chicken. eat chicken. They're nervous. <laughs> You're going to get scared. Like a chicken. <laughs> Urban Meyer's in big trouble, buddy. Like uh, he's, he, 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 We'll see what kind of lawyer. He's going to have a really good lawyer, though. Very sharp, I would think. He's playing. He, he's he's Look, just setting it up right now. He's 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 he's, he's, he's going to coach again. He'll coach again. I just don't think he'll be coaching at Ohio State. I think they're going to make a statement and say, you yeah. know what, buddy, you're done. And he'll I, I, he'll I land another job. You know, many, many schools want to want to have Urban Meyer there? Come on, it's kind of like the Jays and uh, Asuna oh, going yeah. going to Houston. You want to win? Houston brought him in. They're the World Series champs. They like winning. Winning's addictive. That's, that's the, the guy. The guy that wrote the story, that broke the story, uh, was it Brett uh, Brett McHenry? Oh, the guy used to work for ESPN. Yeah, and I guess it's uh, it's crazy. They fired him. Oh yeah, and he goes, I've been spending more time in Bristol this week than I spent there in the time that I worked there. And ESPN yeah. didn't didn't run the story for the first. Remember, what I said when it broke, I said CBS and ESPN don't want to touch this. Yes, they're gonna wait and see if it passes. They couldn't wait, and it didn't pass. It got bigger. And then people started calling ESPN out. Number one, well, are why aren't you reporting on this? Number two, are you not reporting on this because you're trying to cover up um, because ABC, you yeah. guys have the Big Ten. Yes, yeah. It right? Makes, yeah. Or number two, are you doing this because you just laid off the guy that broke yeah, the biggest story sorry. of the year? Yeah. All, and they had to credit him. So it was All ironic. of the above. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm I'm proud of that guy too because he's there and then he did it. It's like good for you, buddy. Good I guess yeah, I guess he's the best investigative um, college football journalist in the business. This guy, you would think to bust this story up. Yeah, but ESPN's not in the business of that. There, it's college game day. Yeah, drunk kids and yeah, stuff. Lee Corso, what? Hey, what helmet it's am not, I? They don't, they don't they don't want real like stuff like this because no. you you get real guys like this working and then you get stories like this. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. They want to keep things Man, everything hush hush. Like if this guy just went to every campus in America, he'd oh, he, he, he'd have a he'd have volumes, yeah, volumes. I can't say Michigan's perfect, though, Cam. Michigan uh, produced the Unabomber. What Ted Kaczynski yeah. went to Michigan? He's a Wolverine. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh. and uh, Michigan set him off. He got fired. He was like a, uh, like a professor. He's a smart. He was a smart dude. Yeah. So he was a what do you call it? graduate prof- whatever yeah, graduate was, professor. Yeah. So after he's, he was so smart after he was a student, he they started made him a teacher. He yeah. started teaching. Wow. And um, but he started to get a little bit weird and stuff. So they they took the teaching. He thought he was going to get a tenure and he didn't get the tenure. Uh, then he went off. Yeah. He thought he was getting a big money contract out of them and he didn't. Yeah. And uh, that's why he started sending bombs to universities. They couldn't figure out why. So he hated universities. So it was actually the University of Michigan that set him off. Not good news. Yeah. But NCAA were clean. (laughs) (laughs) 
What do you got, Ken? Well, we got some picks there, Marenzi. Tonight, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay the run and a half with the Nationals. These guys are on fire. You talked about the dogs. How do I take Boston at plus 110, Atlanta at plus 130, the same picks as you. I'm also going to take Colorado at plus 105. I will lay the 50, uh, 60 cents with Pittsburgh and the Pirates and uh, the Dodgers tonight. Wood is good. It's the wood that makes it good. Minus 110 there. And my dog of the night, my super pooch, with rabies is Kansas City. I'm actually going to take a shot with the Royals. I don't think uh, that that line, Minnesota shouldn't be laying 210, 220 against anybody, Gabe. Lean to the Alouettes. I'm kind of worried about this game. I might tease something to the over. That's what I'm going to do. Montreal plus 14 over. That's where I'm going. Yeah, that's what I do Like uh, when um, with Buffalo Bill games when I don't trust When you don't them. trust it, you got to buy points. The fan <laughs> in me, I'm like, well, I want a piece of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I want Johnny yeah. to do I, I want it to be a good game. I'll take the 14 with the over. I'd be surprised if the Alouettes won. They won't lose. They might not lose by 14, though. Hamilton's a bad favorite. They're a bad favorite. Like Hamilton. They're a bad favorite. They do dink and dunk, right? So Hamilton will have a million sort of little five-yard passes. They do have Luke Tasker back. That's um, a red zone target. Steve Tasker's son, Buffalo Bill legend. uh, He's a longtime CFL uh, vet. Where did he play college ball? Luke Tasker? Luke Tasker. Boston College? Small school, I think. Was he using the Mac? Was he the Mac cast? I remember him in college yeah. playing, but that's uh, on top of my head. I grabbed the free agent. Uh, can Cam find it before the end of the break? No, I, I don't think no. I can. No. Cornell. Cornell. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 fantasy sports radio network. 